second floor sports. See it's one Ben Carlton. Um, there we go. I have been somewhat of a Browns skeptic. I won't say hater. I'll say skeptic. And for good reason. You're going to get a um, target put on your head, dog. I, I already have a target put on my head because uh, Jack Powers misunderstood one of my tweets. And that was my Baker Mayfield commercials versus completions tweet. Um, and that was, I had forgotten to put, so uh, if you didn't, if you didn't see it, I, I sent I out didn't a see poll. it. I, I sent, I sent <laughs> out a poll. Jack's pulling out the receipts. Yeah. A Browns <laughs> hater. Right? Confirm but or like, deny. Is that, a, is that a true text? Is that a true statement? I, I, yeah. I said, I said, I said I was a hater. I said I was a hater, but the, there, there's a difference between saying the Browns suck um, and being like, okay, I don't think the Browns will beat the Steelers without their head coach. Right. There's a difference, yeah, but um, it does sound like you. It doesn't sound like Jack's lying. He's definitely uh, no. He's not lying. This is a no chicken um, bap situation. Yeah, this is a no chicken bap situation. Um, I did. Uh, I, I sent out a tweet in which I, I didn't put. Uh, I didn't put a follow up tweet on it, and it was, "Are we going to get more Baker Mayfield completions or commercials today?" And my thought was, like on a Super Bowl, like on a, on a Super Wild Card weekend day, we might get like. 10 15 i mean look I, I saw your tweet and as someone who has exchanged a few conversations with you over the years i i generally can understand what you're saying there's still a lot of things you text me where i'm just like what on earth is this kid and, talking I, and about? I'll, I'll admit to that sometimes i'll text you and put absolutely no context just zero context i'll be like i i can't even get too many examples to get into but i read that tweet and i was like okay this is clearly a tweet like bashing baker thinking that the steelers See, gonna- i wasn't even trying to bash baker mayfield that's the thing. i just didn't put well, not necessarily bashing tweet. baker but like implying that the steelers were gonna smoke the browns and that's not what happened i I really thought I really thought like it would be like a close game, like Steelers leading by a touchdown, and then well, Baker just well, let's let's touchdown. let's save save the NFL. We got a couple other things to get to okay. before the NFL. Give us ten minutes. We'll break down every NFL wild card weekend game, including the Nick broadcast, which was uh interesting. Something. It was something, it was different. It was definitely something. Um starting real quick with the natty, the natty champ. Uh, Alabama is a very good college football team. It would appear so. Um, <laughs> Nick Saban, I don't think this is a hot take. It's not a warm take. It's not even a cold take. This is like a sub-zero level take. Yeah. Best college coach that you and I will probably ever see in our lifetime. And one of the best coaches in any sport ever. Like Six chips in 13 years in a sport where you're losing starters, multiple starters every single year. And look – like, like the, the especially this season, right? Like, this is a team that numbers wise, like, deserves to be in the greatest of all time chat. Yeah. Like, if you compare, if you if you compare numbers, and I understand we're probably not going to get there just because it was a weird ass season. Um, but what it came down to was Ohio State was a good football team. No one was ever going to beat Alabama. No, I mean, I don't, I don't want to jump the gun here, but I, mean the, I guess the bottom line on this game that I wrote in the rundown is like Ohio State's damn good. They're deep. They're talented. Justin Fields is a dog. And Alabama's just on a completely different level. Yeah. It's right. really that simple. It, it didn't matter. Um, you know, OSU didn't really help themselves. No, I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I tweeted this out. I don't understand what Ohio State's plan for Devontae Smith was. Like, yeah, the dude just won the Heisman fair. and is like – the best receiver in the country yeah. is going to be a legit top tier NFL prospect. For, not to prospect, be fair, no one had a plan. Right? No one no had, one had a an plan. Plan, 
But Jesus Christ, thir- 12 for yeah. 215 and three touchdowns in literally the first half? You yeah, had bro, like you double him, put triple like him, two safeties on top. Yeah, if you have to, like literally make anyone else beat you. I mean, like, his his last touchdown, like that, where it was like towards the end of the of the second quarter, uh-huh. they had a linebacker on him. Like I get yeah. that that's like the way your defense was like set up on that particular play. Doesn't matter if but. you get your defensive coverage and you realize like, oh wow, we're gonna have our linebacker trying to cover Devonte Smith here. I don't know. Maybe check to a different call. I'm not a defensive coordinator. Yeah. Like it's after his second touchdown, he should be, it should be an automatic double. Well, I saw this hilarious tweet um, and exemplified what college football is, right? Because every one of those I know, players, I think yeah, I saw the same tweet. <laughs> every one of those players are like the best player in their high school, or maybe the best ever out of their high school. Right. And then when they get to college, it's like a 10 time pro bowler, uh, against like a future like electrician type thing yeah right? it, it, like, this poor whoever 32 on ohio state is probably a, a stud it's probably really good the breland brashad breland no not brashad breland yeah i'm like someone what? else with the last name breland i don't know whoever it was I, it's, not, it's not his fault like it's so funny you watch no. the, the video of him trying to chase after like, Devonte smith you can read his body language like, you know, first step, he's like, I'm going to catch him. Second step, he's like, I'm not going to catch him. And it's like, you can't start dogging it immediately. But like, what, what are you supposed to do in that situation? You're some 250-pound linebacker trying to run after Devontae Smith. Like, not his problem at all there. I mean, and it's not even like Ohio State played particularly poorly. Yeah. I mean, they were in the game until like two minutes left in the in the second quarter well and you said you fell asleep at halftime i kind of tuned out midway through the third that's when i turned the ps4 back on yeah because <laughs> at least after half at least coming into the half I was like, not, you don't have the ps uh you don't have the ps2 or the xbox 360 with oh xbox i still have the 360 <laughs> i still have the 360 i actually i can't play 2k13 anymore i i, yeah, I think yeah, i told you this like a year yeah. ago i just it's so far behind it's it's yeah. just brutal um you know but i was like all right ohio state's a really good team ryan day's great you know he's probably was like texting all his nfl contacts at halftime being like you guys got any jobs open yeah but you know maybe they could have come up with something and like gotten a you know a stop and a score and forced an alabama turnover maybe they get right back in this game not what happens look i and it's not that i fell asleep at half because yeah the, the sleeping point was in the third quarter but at half i was like i know this is still a game but this game's over right yeah. like because the the, the thing with the thing is like there was always a chance that Ohio State was going to beat Bama or make yeah. it really close, right? But what had to go? What had to go right? Like they had to force turnovers. They had to play the perfect game. They couldn't ever basically stall out. They had to score every time they had the ball. I mean, geez, like, this is a team that just not dominated Clemson, but yeah. thoroughly outplayed Clemson yeah. and Trevor Lawrence. Like this well, is not a broad, like fun upstart team. It's Ohio fucking yeah. State. That's what I'm saying. Like they, they are definitely a team capable of it, but they had to play perfectly. And as soon as you miss one step, like it's basically over. That's, that's the tough part. And that's what's kind of disappointing because then when you look at it, you know, like you take like the wide lens on it is, Oh, we should expand the playoffs, get more teams in it. And like this, this year would have been good for it or getting A&M instead of Notre Dame. A&M should have been over Notre Dame, but I'll, I'll read you some numbers. Right. And like, this is, they just blew out. Well, I can't Ohio read State. or count, so you're gonna have to do a lot here. Yeah, okay. Uh, they they blew out an Ohio State team that had 
destroyed Clemson, right? They beat Ohio State 52-24. They also beat the number four team in the country 31-14. They beat the number five team in the country 52-24. They beat the number seven team in the country 52-46, right? Florida was their closest game all season. Yeah, and like that was like Kyle Trask going absolutely nuclear and basically the reason he- Which he is capable of, I mean. he is capable of. But again, even that game, like that game was, they were in control from start to finish, right? Like- um just just some just a, some crazy numbers to go through with uh with uh with Devonte smith at the half right he didn't even play the second half uh didn't need catches. to i mean he like i think yeah. he like broke his finger or something yeah he did um 12 catches 215 yards three touchdowns the three touchdowns and the 12 catches are uh are uh, records in the national championship um, and let's not forget he did that in literally only the first half, half. yes um i can't put those numbers up like the only the 360 game i still play ncaa 13 like the road okay. to glory mode i have a wide receiver uh-huh. i can't put that up in a video game that's ridiculous who is the who is the ohio state cornerback that was like i know who i want to oh play. uh sean wade <laughs> yeah i mean it's the same it's kind of the I, same deal as like what i was saying about um chase young saying he wants brady like yeah, right you're, neither of them neither of them went well right if like, you're, but if you're a competitor in both situations though like you're, you're you're ohio state's number one corner what do you want to say i want to cover their like fifth stringer no you got to say you want the number one guy but it didn't work out and the, the last thing i'll say don't, say, don't on, say anything man don't say anything the last thing i'm gonna say on on this game the Bama defensive tackle, Christian Barmore, uh-huh. already got a draft crush on him. He's not draft eligible yet. I think, ne- yeah, next year he will be. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald type. He is not Aaron Donald. I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Donald, but he fits ben that mold. Saying he's Aaron Donald. I'm saying he's Aaron Donald. He fits that mold of like an interior pass rusher who just is an, on a different level. Hmm. He's like six four three something. And just like watching, you know, I'm, I'm not a scout. I generally sort of, kind of know what to look for mm-hmm. just move he's just stupid fast for a guy that size watch out for him next year okay um last last crazy uh last crazy Devonte smith number i promise tim brown and desmond howard were the two wide receivers to have won uh heisman before Devonte smith combined their heisman <laughs> numbers uh were 1,831 yards and 22 touchdowns. This season, Devontae Smith had 1,856 yards and 23 touchdowns and didn't even play in the second half. I'm just praying someone leaks some awful picture of Devontae Smith. That's all I want. Like a Laramie Tunsil, like, like, uh, worse, like gas mask. Worse, worse. I mean, yeah, it's going to take a lot for him at, to drop At this point, no one's dropping. Devontae Smith is not dropping past like three. Honestly, it depends what Miami does with that well, pick. Come on, come on. Did you not watch the national championship game? I did. Who, look, you know, you all right, all right. This, is what, said, this is what I said last episode. Julio Jones went four and he had a, yeah. a worse season at Alabama, but was a, yeah. a better physical prospect. I mean, Devontae Smith is 6'3", 180. Just, like, yeah. Yeah. That's, not, that, that's not like pop off the screen physically mm-hmm. impressive. Obviously, you see the numbers. Mm-hmm. I think he's a lock for the top five. He is that type of player. Uh-huh. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see now what the Jets do it too, because like you can use a wide receiver. You you're not, up. you're not taking, I and mean, it depends if there's a second quarterback at two. I don't think they, I'm, I'm sitting here banging the table for him. I think it's yeah. possible. I think it's pretty unlikely he goes two. I mean, shit, it's possible Miami takes him at three. Like that's what really, I'm saying. If my, all right, so I they, we'll, they really we'll talk about to, yeah, we'll talk about Miami. Probably not this episode too much, yeah. but as we get closer to the draft, if they 
either keep the third pick and Tua if they trade Tua, but somehow keep the third. Why wouldn't you reunite Tua and Devontae Smith? And if you're a Texans Miami needs fan, a different, Miami needs like a guy who can separate a wide receiver. If you're a Texans fan, this should make you just so much angrier. It's <laughs> yeah. like you are this close to reuniting Deshaun Watson. Uh, not reuniting, just yeah, what? <laughs> no, just putting Deshaun Watson with Devontae Smith and like but you didn't fuck. Poor, poor. Um we'll we'll get to the NFL. We'll touch a little bit on the Texans, but I mean they're they not much has come out uh elsewhere. We, we haven't gotten any concrete news. No. Um talk some baseball real quick uh manfred did announce um that teams should expect to play a full schedule and that they're gonna be starting that. on time i'm not gonna say anything i don't give a fuck I'm about not, what rob manfred yeah, says I, I i'll i'll believe it when i see it yeah. um but the good news uh mr ben carlton is that there's one team in new york making moves right now yeah. another team is really not making moves hey we signed tyler lyons and um uh, who I totally and, knew was a free agent. Uh, what was it? There's a second baseman, like Drury or something like that, that you guys had. I don't fucking know. That we signed. The Mets traded um, for Francisco Lindor. I'll beat you. Yes, the, the Mets are making loo- moves, ladies and gentlemen. We're making fucking moves. This is a big day. And first God of damn. all, the, the timing of the payment <laughs> tweets was hysterical. I'm literally. Like I'm sitting here, I get one notification, one like tweet from Heyman. You know, Mets are f- getting close. I think was the phrasing yeah. here in, in advanced talks or something like that. Like ninety seconds later, the deal was. I had yeah, I think I got passing. I got passing. Or maybe like I don't remember if it was Heyman or passing. It was passing like thirty seconds before Heyman because as soon as I saw that, I was like, I was like, oh okay. Wait, what? And then yeah. I, just, I went on and I was like, I was like, oh my God. And everyone was just like, oh my God, wait, wait, it's happening. Like it was just the office gift, right? It was just like, oh yeah. my God, this is happening. Yeah. And then yeah, literally like a minute later, it was like the deal has been finalized. And I was like, holy shit. Like well, they treated oh, for they someone that's not Robinson Cano. Like, <laughs> fuck. And we did completely just destroy our, 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 our farm system. If you're Brody. Concept, right. If you're Brody Van Wagenen you need to reevaluate everything you've done for the last like 20 years. Like you think about what I, the Mets I, traded to get a <laughs> 75 year old Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz compared to what they just got to get a consensus top five player in the league. I can't like, I cannot believe the, the thing is like, as much as I want to like sit here and shit on the Mets, how it's more of the other teams that I want to shit on. How could no one top this offer? Like you, you look at who they got. Andres Jimenez is, is the big piece in that deal. He's a good defensive shortstop. He, he is very good. Speed. He is very good. But what the, what value is that? He's a, I, I, he a, showed, a, he's a good he piece. Can he can swing. He can swing. He can the swing bat the around. bat. But like there are a lot of good defensive shortstops yeah. that you can find in free agency. You can draft guys. You know, defensive replacement type guys. Like mm. Andres Jimenez is not making you stand up and go nuts. Uh, obviously, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. They still got they still got hoes, and I know this is like, I, I mean, Mets well, don't forget it wasn't just more. Lindor; it was Carrasco too. Yeah, the Mets, and the Mets had a desperate need for pitching depth. I mean, Carrasco's yeah. not even going to be depth; he's going to be their two starter to start the season. Yeah, that was a nasty voice yeah. crash. <laughs> wow, uh, Jimenez. The other two guys, Josh Green, looks like he's about twelve. Uh, Have you seen a picture of him? Yes, <laughs> he literally looks like a kid. Head- with Josh Green, the basketball player. He looks like Josh Green, the kid who just got bar mitzvahed. Like, seriously. Did you just freeze? Like your, uh, your Zoom froze, Mr. Ben. I think your Zoom froze. No, no, you're back. Did you hear my joke? It was a good one. 
No, I did. I said he looks like Josh Green, the kid who just got bar mitzvahed. Okay, that's that's pretty funny. I do like, like literally. That. I was looking at I think it was like a, a a Daily News article and they had a picture of him. He looks yeah. younger than both of us. Yeah, he's the Mets' ninth best prospect. The other guy, Isaiah Wolf, is their tenth best prospect. That's all it took to get Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco. Yeah. Well, that was like, the big. Thing, no one right? could top that. That's the, and, and, that's the part of it that doesn't add up for me. Was how could no other team come up with a better offer? I mean, I, I got to think that the Indians were just in love with Jimenez and in love with the prospects, right? For but the, what? The, 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 the thing is, yeah, the thing is, like, you don't gut your farm system, which was a problem with Brody. Like, I, it's weird that no one could offer better. But exactly, it, you're not no, like I, I'm because obviously, what Cle- other factor? Cleveland doesn't want to is not going to assign him to a long term deal. But like, you still got him under contract. You can't you can't get one top five prospect out of him. Him and well, no, because well, the, the thing is, like, again, like this is not rocket science. Like, Cleveland has some of the has maybe the worst owner in baseball. Like them and the Red Sox are constantly fighting over it because <laughs> the whole point is that they wanted to clear their books, right? They wanted to get Lindor off the books because they didn't want to pay him for this year and they didn't want to pay him for the years after. And they knew they weren't going to resign him. And considering they were going to lowball the shit out of him, they knew Lindor wasn't going to want to sign either. Well, no, the issue was never Lindor. Like, Lindor was gone. Like we knew that. Yeah. But still, you're the Met, It's not like the Mets have a good farm system either. Like. The Mets they, they test, have, they have a, best replenished it a little bit. Like a little is, yeah. is the Mets farm system top 15 in baseball right now? I have to get a list in front of me so I can tell you, but it's like, not good. It, it's not yeah, a good farm system. Line. Like if you're talking about the ninth right, test, like not, best guys on like an elite farm system, like maybe you're yeah. a little more excited. But the Mets are not, yeah, they didn't have a good farm system. I'm just I'm no, I'm, I'm, like, I'm just so surprised that no one can make a better deal than this. And I, and part of it is you got to sign, you're going to sign Lindor to some yeah. big contract, which he a hundred percent deserves. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like trout bets. And then Lindor's in the conversation for that next best guy. I mean, he's, I mean, a, he's got, he's got, got below the, Lindor with between below bets and trout, but like, well, I mean, he's got the third highest F war since 2015. And like, yeah. who is he behind? Like bets and Lind, uh, bets and trout. Like he's, He's not in the conversation with those guys, but he's in the conversation with those guys, right? Like, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I know like, what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was crazy. And on top of that too, Cleveland decides hmm, what's even better. Let's trade away the guy that the city rallied around. Cause he had fucking cancer and it's just like a great locker room presence and everyone loves him. Right. And like, this was, this was just like, the the deal came out and I was like I don't give a shit what we gave up. Like, no, it doesn't. Fantastic. Well, like you see the deal and you're like yeah. I don't you give up the whole goddamn farm. It's Francisco yeah. Lindor and Steve Cohen's gonna yeah. pay him obviously. But then you find out yeah. that you gave up some like and then some C tier guys yeah. and like your but then the two guys who couldn't five minutes later, like five minutes later you find out you also like also traded for Carrasco right and like 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 you said before they need pitching starting pitching depth like that was it was. It was awful last year. I don't want to watch fucking Rick Porcello pitch again, right? That's a Cy Young winner, man. That's a Cy Young winner. Yeah, but you also didn't have Strowman last year. I'm also being entirely facetious. Rick Porcello should not have won that Cy Young, but... Yes. (laughs) He won won 20 games. Oh, my God. Give him the Cy... What year is this? As a Mets fan, (laughs) I can tell you that obviously wins from a starting pitcher are the only, uh, you know, metric you should look at. That's the best way to judge starting pitchers. Yeah, for sure, right? Um... Yeah. Okay. So Carrasco becomes your second pitcher, right? Which like is Stroman still not becomes, ideal, but 
Yeah, right. But Strowman is probably the best three in baseball. I, mm, right? Sure, Without a sure, list, but sure. you're like, okay, he's got to be he's one good. of the best threes. You, you like Strowman as a three. And then you get Syndergaard back in June, and you don't know what the hell to expect. No clue. He's coming off Tommy John. You have no clue what to expect, but you get like... You have no know. clue to expect, but you also know that the past two seasons prior to his injury, Syndergaard has kind of underwhelmed compared to mm. his first couple of years in New York. Right, but he underwhelmed from his standards, right? He was still a good pitcher. He was still a damn good yeah, pitcher. Yeah, Like, that's, you know, he underwhelms, but he's still a good pitcher. And then you're looking at all of a sudden a rotation of DeGrom, you know, the best Pretty pitcher good. in baseball. Um, Carrasco, Stroman, Syndergaard, wherever you get from him, Peterson, you know, showed some nice flashes last season. Um, and then you have to kind of just put in. But you're, you're talking about five. filling out the back end of your rotation, yeah. like you're. Yeah, you can and figure you, that and out. Then you, the big thing is you can move Lugo back to your bullpen, which is he's a lot better out of the bullpen. Your yeah. back end of your bullpen was fantastic last season. Like, I mean, I, how do you not look at this team and say like they're they're a contender? Like they are absolutely. They are. Like it's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. The, the one thing that I really do like about this deal be, and I'm sort of being serious here, sort of not Lindor's comments about wanting to be the best team in New York. You want to talk about rent free. Come on, come on. Shut the fuck up. You know, worry I'm about, right. Worry about, worry about taking care of your players. And then talk about, tell it to Francisco Lindor. As soon as he goes to the Mets, he's like, oh, I want to be the best team in New York. We're going to make turn the city blue and orange. Well, let me, let me, I can tell you that much. All right, Ben, let me, let me, let me use your logic back at you, right? Like you always say with like Chase Young, right? And he's like, oh, you got to, you got to, you got to like kind of like stoke the fire, right? Like kind of poke the I bear. What? Well, you said, we not said at all Chase, what I said. With Chase Young, all right? what I said about with Chase, Chase Young, Young you were like, yeah, with Chase Young, you were like, oh, yeah, you got to like, what are you going to say? I don't want to, I don't want to go up against the best player, right? If you're Lindor, what do you say? I don't want to turn the city blue and orange. Again, I'm kind of joking, kind of not. I'm just I saying. I want to be the best team. Like Everyone knows who the best team in New York is. Let's let's leave it at that before we really know, start bro. getting at it. Just what? saying. Get the fuck out of here. Just saying the Mets made the World Series uh, more recently than the Yankees. That's all I'm saying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ignore that comment. Yep. Wild card weekend. I'm not, I'm not wrong. Wild hey, hey, card no, weekend. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, hey, okay, Mr. Hardout. I'm trying to move the show along, Mr. Fucking, I got to be Not wild card weekend. Not wild card weekend. Super wild super, card weekend. Super, super wild card weekend. Come on. Put some respect on this on this weekend's name. Um, before we get into the actual games, uh, what do you think? Because obviously this is the first year that we have three games uh, for two straight days. Um, what do you Beautiful feel about? For one, I mean. Okay. What, what did you feel about? Because, you know, obviously you put more teams in. It could be great, um, but it, you could have, you know, you more teams in could kind of dilute the, you know, the just the quality of it. What did you think about, you know, having more games versus just, you know, having maybe too many teams? I think it was fine, honestly. I like, you know, I'm generally opposed to like expanding playoffs in any league. Mm-hmm. But I like that it made the top seed in each conference a lot more valuable because I think I always was, you know, it's the type of thing where it's like you don't think about, you know, if you, if you want one or two buys in a conference until something changes, you know, like it's it was a two buy playoff as long as I've been alive and then they change it. And I'm like, oh, well, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. I like valuing the, the top overall seed a little bit better. It makes home field advantage that much more valuable, obviously not this year, but moving forward. Mm-hmm. And apart from the Bears Saints game, we got five really good games yeah and it is unfortunate too right because there were a lot of quarterbacks that played that were kind of like 
why are they in the playoffs, right? Like Mitch Trubisky, you're like, is he really a quarterback? Like, are you like a playoff quarterback, right? Like Jared Goff, John Wolford thing, like kind of doesn't count because he got hurt two weeks ago. Yeah, I, that's a whole different scenario. Yeah. Trub- Taylor Heineke. the only guy. Like also, I, you're Alex talking Smith. about. Come First on. of all, the NFC East, we don't need to talk about the NFC East. That's the that's the best part yeah. about Washington losing is we can put the NFC East to bed. We, Thank we God. Finally, like this was best case scenario, right? In and out. Uh, I don't know if it was best case scenario, but yeah, okay, whatever. Um, what about the, you? Would you like to see them go forward with it? Right? Like, well, I don't think I, they're gonna I, go back. <laughs> well, I mean, like they kind of just we're gonna expand it and. That's the thing like they did with the NBA too, right? They expanded it with a couple of different things with like the play in and like, you know, they had some differences just because it was a weird COVID season. It was obviously a weird COVID season with the NFL. Like yeah. it is possible they go back to their other format. I just, I honestly, I two like words, what, which I like, is two words. Money, money talks. talks. The NFL is not going back because they make more money with more playoffs. Oh, he actually said the same thing. That's yeah. cute. That was pretty, that was pretty tight. Um, I like it, honestly. Okay. You know, it's like you look at which team didn't deserve to be here. The Bears probably, but mm-hmm. there's always one team that makes the playoffs by virtue yeah. of them playing in a weaker division. Mm-hmm. Fair. And they like, uh, were in the weaker division. Yeah. Um, we Nick were Arpino, go- real life, sorry, not Nick Arpino, real life of Nick in the comments with a heater. Fishing is a sport too, and y'all never talk about it. Enough of that. Correct. All right. Um, <laughs> we, we were going to go in order. Instead, Ben decided to put bear saints at the top, start with let's this just get and, it over with and get it. Over, I agree. I, okay. I, okay. I agree. <laughs> um, because there are two parts. We have to talk about it. We obviously have to talk about the game and then we have to ha- talk about the Nickelodeon cast. Right. Yeah. So we'll, we'll start with the game. Um, big takeaways, Mitch Trubisky, the MVP. I mean, look, He's the, he was the MVP. Yeah. What do you, what else is there to say? A lot has been said about, you know, taking him over to Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes, but I don't see either of those two quarterbacks having MVPs. So no, they, that's just a factual statement. I don't Mitch know. Christy was the MVP of this game. He played well enough to earn the vote. It's that mm-hmm. simple. And uh, I can't really say the saints played well enough, uh, but you oh, yeah, knew you I, the, the big, the thing that I noticed the most about this game was every time you got to like a junction in the game where it was like, all right, the Saints got to make a play here. The Bears got to make, you know, whoever, whatever team needed to make the play, the Saints made the plays they needed to, and the Bears did kind of, not. It's kind of a low bar, too, you know? Like, I mean, yeah, but they did it. <laughs> like, you're right. I mean, yeah, the, the, the football team won the NFC East. Low bar, but they did it. Was there any, was there anyone in America watching this game um, that saw Wims drop that ball? And he didn't even say, drop it. Like, it, it wasn't even okay. a drop. I, I think they, I forget if they said it on the Nick cast or the main cast, but like, it was a whiff. It was a perfectly thrown ball. Yeah. And he didn't even touch it. Like it's, yeah, it's almost remarkable right that now. the ball could go between his hands and his chest. He barely touch it. Yeah. It was like, it was that, pretty, that takes more talent than catching the ball. Like it literally went right through. It barely yeah. touched his arm. Ridiculous. Um, I mean, there, there was, as soon as you saw that drop, you're like, okay, yeah, this game's over. Right. Like you kind of thought the game was over anyway. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, it was because it was so low scoring. I was like, I don't know, maybe Breeze throws some dumb pick or there's like in a close game in the playoffs. Who knows what could happen? One fumble bounces the wrong yeah. way. We're looking at a one score game in the fourth. But mm-hmm. it, it, this was I the mean, easiest look, game to like, call too. 
Yeah, like like if you but if he catches that ball, like the Bears are up 10-3 at that point. And like, you know, maybe the Saints get a little spooked and they kind of go out of their game plan a little bit, right? Like Michael Thomas hadn't played in a couple of weeks. Drew Brees is not a hundred percent and he's old. Also 41. <laughs> Kamara hadn't practiced all week, right? There were a lot of variables there. Yeah. Like, and, and and everything went the Saints' way, right? They had that bullshit unsportsmanlike on Komet, unless there's something <laughs> that was ugly. Had. Unless there's something, no, I don't even think of anything. He, I, yeah, they, they it, it's just unfortunate that the rest yeah. thought they threw, he threw the ball at them. I mean, um, like you can't pick that flag back up. Yeah, it sucks, it, but it's also yeah. like the better team won this game. Drop the drop touchdown. There was a dropped interception too. That was like oh true. Forgot eh. about that. Eh. Um, again, like it came down to the Saints were the better team, but it's not exactly like the Saints inspired for next week, right? Like you're not super confident. Like they they destroyed the Bucks twice in the regular season, and I think they're like a three point favorite. Like, I mean, it's Brady in the playoffs. You can never really count him out. Yeah, but like if the Saints had come out and had beat the Bears like forty to ten, right? Like this, this is more like a five point line. Like that's not probably, and, I, and I'll be curious yeah. to see if the line changes at all, but. The other thing, too, that I kind of want to touch on in this game, they can move on. It was clearly the least interesting game of the weekend. Like, I get that the Bears were down and, like, you know, couldn't really get much going offensively the whole game. But, like, it really seemed like they just kind of tapped out in the fourth quarter. Yeah, no. Like, checkdowns and, like, short little crossing routes. Like, they didn't take – like, you got to start taking shots down the field. You got to take risks at some point. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't see – obviously, you're limited with Mitch Trubisky throwing the ball. Mm Mm-hmm. Like fuck, it's the playoffs. You gotta at least try. I mean, like, but take a shot, take a risk somewhere. That's what we talked about last week. Remember the word we literally used when we talked about Bears Packers was that it showed that Nagy and Trubisky are limited. Like they don't have. We've known they're, they're limited though. What we've known they're limited. I'm more talking about yeah. the play calling well, necessarily yeah, than Trubisky's skill set. Well, okay, but well, yeah, well, what we said, right? Like, Trubisky had like so many throws that went like, you know, three, four yards past the line of scrimmage, but like half of that's Trubisky, half of that's the play calling. And they, again, yeah, they kind of just. It's out. almost like the Bears' offense has been a disaster for the last like three seasons. Right. And <laughs> like I said, like maybe it was honestly worse for the Bears that they made the playoffs because now they actually think that they're good, right? I hope yeah. they don't actually think they're good. Um, all right. The, well, the Nickelodeon cast, did yeah. you watch it at all? No, not a single um, play, but, but I will say, um, I was watching with both my roommates and one of my roommates is a saints fan. So we okay, said, yeah, you know what you do? Yeah. You, we said you just have complete control, whatever. I was disappointed. There was no halftime show. I will say that we watched the pregame for it. Um, and the then was I kind of was just like catching it. Yeah. I, I watched like the end up. of the pregame show and it's like the first drive of the game on Nick. And then it was like, okay, I want to get back to the actual broadcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly this game, the, this was not targeted at guys like you and me. No. Knowledgeable football fans who don't need like false starts explained to them, who don't, who want to watch the game for like more in-depth breakdown. Yeah. I think it's a good idea by the NFL. They had 2 million viewers on the game. Yeah, right, was, 28 compared to cbs oh obviously, yeah obviously that's obviously yeah, that's, you can't compare the two i'm more just saying two million on nick that's a pre, I, I don't know what they were right projecting and, for and the, the audience fact, and the fact that like like on twitter like that's the only thing i knew i was talking about yeah and, like, oh they I, killed it on twitter and i will say i will say like the best part was just people being like how are you going to explain cte to them like you know <laughs> shit like that like how good look trying to explain the fucked up thing that i kept thinking was like god forbid knock on wood someone gets like a fucked up on the yeah. game 
how do you like i we're not even talking about the best part cordell patterson dropped an f-bomb on nick yeah what the <laughs> fuck that was so funny and noah eagle i mean credit to noah eagle he was like so yeah credit to noah eagle but uh damn it must be nice to have Ian eagle be your fucking father Good for him. I'm happy. Good for him. I don't know. I'm more than a little salty, but yeah, I could tell. Um, and it's crazy to see a kid literally game? our age, or he's younger than us, isn't he? No, he's a year older. Oh, is he? Kid our age, basically calling a game on fucking Nickelodeon. It's pretty cool. I mean, he's also the Clippers broadcaster. I mean, he yeah, did a good it. job. Did a good no, job. I'm not saying he's bad. I mean, he's really good. He sounds all, almost too much like his dad. It's like kind of unnerving. Like I'd be oh, li- it's almost I- like the genes are you know the same. Yeah, for real. Um, well, I'll ask you this question, right? Um, I saw, and, and like, you, th- this doesn't count because I saw, uh, I saw Saints Bucks on History Channel. Um, what other yeah. channel? <laughs> what other channel could host a fucking football game? Like, right? Like, I mean, yeah, the history. I was gonna make the History Channel joke too. That was pretty yeah. funny. Well, that's why I said it because I knew you I were gonna use it. Um. I don't know, honestly. Like, I hadn't even. I, I, I like said, the, like Bravo. Like, I, I, I don't know enough mm-hmm. about like what gets aired on Bravo in the first place to like really make that type of comment. I, I, I would have said like I would have said like Spike TV, like in its in its heyday. A, a twenty-one plus just, broadcast would be a lot of yeah, fun. Just like Spike TV, just having just like crazy, just like fucking knives flying everywhere and shit. Just like, well, I don't mean like, I, I think the, some like of like the on screen graphics like were pretty good. In the back, like. I wasn't a fan of the on screen graphics. I liked that. The thing I liked the most about the Nick broadcast was just like the angle they were taking with the booth and with Lex yeah. Lumpkin, hell of a name, also. Yeah. As like the sideline reporter. The, the, the graphics were, and I loved the slime zone. That was fun. But like, the, yeah. I don't know, like, did you notice? You actually didn't notice because you didn't watch the game. They couldn't keep the line of scrimmage and the first down lines in place. Really? Yeah, like they mean? were they were moving. Like the whole first of the, at least the whole first drive I watched, mm-hmm. the lines could they couldn't keep the lines in place. That's a little unnerving. Yeah, and it was like the type of thing where I'm like, you know, we we'd have a little bit of knowledge about like you know graphics and stuff with broadcasting, like not much, not much, but enough to know that like how do you not how can you not keep the fucking lines in place? Cool, cool little uh, bit I saw was uh, um, no the the producer for this game was also the person that produced Iron Eagles first game. Oh, that's pretty. That cool. was pretty cool. Um, let's move, let's move on to the other games. Now we'll Fine go in me. order. So, uh, Bills Colts. Um, we I, I don't remember what you had ended up going with as your most interesting game. Um, mine was kind of a split between. Uh, I think we agreed Ravens Titans there. Yeah, Ravens Titans. This one was a close runner up, and this one ended up being a fantastic game, right? Um, it was. I looked, we had five game. awesome games this weekend, and yeah. Saints was kind of the only snoozer. I don't know if I'd call Seahawks Rams an awesome game. It was an interesting game to see the way. I, we'll get into that. We'll get into it. Yeah, I'd say Seahawks Rams and Bucks football team were interesting game. We'll um, get into them. But this game, I mean, this game came down to, you know, it, it was always going to be, can the Colts offense keep up? And for the most part, they did. They did. I and mean, you can't, it's a three-point game. They absolutely yeah. kept up. It, it came down to missed opportunities for them, right? Like they, they had- Missed opportunities and also a gift from the NFL officiating. It, it was, uh, they had a missed field goal. Um, they kicked the field goal in the red zone. 
They missed on fourth down. They missed a two-point conversion. Like, against an offense as good as the Bills, like, you just can't leave That's them. That's not going to work. Exactly. No. And but I mean, less so game. than the Colts not executing, I really have to give a lot of credit to the Bills and Josh Allen. I mean, yeah. this team is going as far as Josh Allen takes them, and that's a guy that I'm very comfortable just yeah. riding behind him right now. He's playing. I mean, he's, things change in a year, right? Literally. Two, I, two, two years ago, the Bills, with jo, it was Josh Allen's rookie season, tons of issues with his completion percentage, throwing too many picks, taking too many shots in the open field. But the Bills leading the ball down the field, which he still is doing, but he's doing a lot better now. It was all about the Bills defense. They had the best defense in the league two seasons ago. And now their defense is mediocre to not so good. Mm -hmm. But Josh Allen is, if I'm voting for MVP, I'm going Rodgers and then Josh Allen. Yeah. He had a better, he had a better season than Mahomes did. Yeah. I like, it's kind of, it's not even really an arguable arguable point if you look at the numbers i mean if i mean if mahomes you know mahomes played at one game less and if he had to actually try to win then maybe those look different but but that, that you can't really factor that into no your no i mean no i'm not saying you can i'm just you know it's just kind of something you I, I, if you're if you've got an mvp ballot right now who do you have yeah i have rogers in the now yeah i don't think it's it's not a hot take either no right? um I mean, this is just a. This is probably just still the best team to uh to be the Chiefs, right? I don't know if anyone can, and we'll see what they look like this week because they've had two weeks off. Um, and we saw but, what happened with. I mean, Pittsburgh basically gave themselves two weeks off, and we saw what happened with them. Yeah, but there's a difference. Also Kansas City, exactly. Yeah, there's a difference. Kansas City's good. Pittsburgh <laughs> fucking sucks. Yikes. We'll talk about it later. Um, I mean, Philip Rivers said he might retire after the season. I honestly thought he looked pretty good. He had him. He had a. A, a solid season. He also, um, I mean, also couldn't good. also couldn't make the end zone, you know, from midfield. I don't. Why did they not put Brissett in? That made no sense. If, like, uh, if you're gonna, th- g- g- excuse me, had a little stroke there. If you're gonna ch- take the shot for a hail mary, there, you know, Philip Rivers can't hit the end zone, mm. and like they put Brissett in for hail marys earlier this season. Or in like even just like end of half, like you know, you gotta throw a bomb to the end zone type scenarios. Yeah. Why did they not put him in there? Like I get uh, that, like, you know, if, if Brissett's in the game, like you know what's coming, but mm-hmm. what else are you supposed to run when you're at the 50 with like three seconds left? Are you running a fucking screen? Like you're either running some like weird trick play, like hook and ladder type deal, or you're throwing the ball at the end zone. And either way, I'd rather have Brissett in the game than a Phillip Rivers yeah. who literally can't reach the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I honestly, this is thing at the end. Like, yeah, this is this is more an indictment on on the Bills uh, than the Colts. The Colts were a good team. Like, that was yeah. a very solid offense. Now is the uh, Costanzo now retired. Um, so things are looking interesting for the Colts now because they might be. I mean, they're right back to f- trying to have. They have to figure out their quarterback situation. They got to figure out quarterback situation probably. Um, they don't have their starting left tackle. I mean, either way, even if Rivers comes back, yeah. it's not like Rivers Rather, is, yeah. is your answer. Like, okay, maybe you, you squeeze another solid season out of Philip Rivers, but then at the end of that next solid season, you're right back in the same situation where you don't really have a quarterback for the future. No, uh, Zach Moss got hurt in this game. Um, so we'll, we'll have a preview next. Uh, they we'll, signed uh, Devontae Freeman. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, it, was, it was very good for you guys. He actually was kind of solid. Yeah, no, he was fine. Um, all right, we're, we're going to have a preview of all the games uh, on an episode later this week. So we're going to try to stay away. Um, obviously, <laughs> try. I really want to. Um, 
Uh, next game, Seahawks-Rams, 30-20 in favor of the Rams. This was always an outcome we knew was going to happen. We both was took it? the Seahawks. Was it? Yes. This no, was an not outcome. the score. What? Not the score. Uh, an outcome we knew could happen. An outcome we okay, knew could yeah, happen. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. You said that we knew was going to happen. I was like, I oh, certainly okay, no. didn't fucking no. know the Rams no. were going to die. We both picked the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, we always knew this could happen because – they had done this to them earlier this season. There's no one you'd rather have with a backup quarterback probably than Sean McVay. Like, Sean McVay, yeah. no one plays the Seahawks better than Sean McVay. Like, this this was this was waiting to happen. The Seahawks just needed to just play, like, 50% of what they're capable of, and they did. Well, I, as much credit as you can give Sean McVay for this game, because he clearly schemed up a picture-perfect game plan here, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. What the hell is Pete Carroll thinking? You like let Russ cook. We've been saying it all season long. And the crazy thing I was reading, I think it was on a ringer piece, which as we discussed off the show, you stopped reading the ringer. What the hell are you doing? I didn't doing? stop reading the ringer. I've just been slacking recently. I've been on in a couple days. As after the Rams beat the Seahawks in week 10, the Seahawks reverted right back to their like 1970s offense where they run the ball 50 times a game and don't let Russell goddamn Wilson throw the ball. You've got Russell Wilson, and it's not like you've got a Marshawn Lynch and a phenomenal offensive line to work with in terms of running the ball. You've got Russ, DK, and Tyler Lockett. Chris Carson's a great receiving back out of the out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to run the ball 50 times when you've got Russell Wilson. Like the Seahawks shot themselves in the foot in this game. Yeah. And it's like uh, you're gone. No, you finish your point. The run game wasn't working. Like you didn't, you know, I don't need to be an offensive coordinator, an NFL type coach to see that the run game just was not working the way that Pete Carroll or the Seahawks or whoever the hell was making decisions there thought it was going to work. And the problem, I mean, and you combine that with the fact that like, we do have to give the Rams credit, right? They are the best defense in the league. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I started by saying as much credit yeah. as I'm going to give Sean McVay here. You got to discredit Pete Carroll. Like they're the thing that makes them so dangerous is that they have that shutdown corner corner Jalen Ramsey, who, by the way, I'll say has really just made you eat your words this season. I, I was only doing it to motivate him. Yeah, okay. Um he's so good, and the rest of their D line, obviously led by Aaron Donald, is so good that they don't usually have to rush anyone like more than five people, right? Oh, like you, you could rush one and Aaron Donald's yeah. probably gonna get home. And like you you're completely like like Jalen Ramsey completely shut down DK Metcalf again at three catches for third minutes. time this season and he's just clamped them up. But like even besides that, right? Like we talked about for the Seahawks, like they have Chris Carson out of backfield. He's good. DK Metcalf, very good receiver. Tyler Lockett, very good receiver. Other than that, like they don't have a reliable tight end. Like Hollister is not a reliable. Hey, 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 all hey. Right, all right. They don't Will have Will Disley. They don't have Will, like Will Disley is a non-factor. Like they don't have any, like, like David. I hope Jake Dow doesn't hear you say that, man. David Moore, David Moore is not a game breaker for you, right? No, like but they don't, if you've got Russ and DK no, that's and Lockett, you again, don't that's need a whole lot of other difference makers beyond that. You need guys who are that's what, Yes, but that's like, that's the thing, right? Like you have a very good D line against like not a fantastic offensive line for the Seahawks. You have a mobile quarterback like Russell Wilson, who is going to end up taking more sacks just because he does move around a little more. 
And then you, you know, you have Jalen Ramsey, you're shutting down your number one. And like, you could kind of look at, you know, Tyler Lock and be like, Hey bro, like, why didn't you do anything? And like, that is something you have to look at, but like, this is such a good defense that you need to have multiple weapons that can completely spread them out. And you need to have, but I mean, you're, that you're saying that like, they don't, I DK and Tyler Lockett are a top five wide receiver duo in the league. Yeah, they are. Like, but they're like, as good as you can ask for. Yeah. But essentially at that point, what do you want? Like Devante Adams and Julio Jones together? I mean, well, no, no, no. Um, What I'm saying is like, like look at the bucks, for example, right. They have Mike Evans, they have Chris Godwin, and then they have Antonio Brown, right. Antonio Brown, very capable of beating someone. And like most teams don't have a three that's that good, but when it comes down to playing a team like the Rams, and this is why we talked about them being so dangerous last week is that once you make it into the playoffs, right? Like this is not a team that's going to rely on their offense. If they can have Cam Akers run the ball for 131 yards, 4.7 helps per carry certainly, certainly helps. helps, right? Cause they're not run oriented. They're going to make things off the play action. They're going to try to establish the run, but yeah. they're going to get like those little dinky passes and get, you know, players in motion, Robert Woods, Cooper. But Cobb. as we, we've said this so many times, yeah. Sean McVay is so good at getting his yeah. players, the ball in Steaming space and letting them make yeah. plays. Exactly. So you, you know, again, like, it's, an, it's a team that's not relying on their offense. They're going to rely on their defenses to get stops. You need to be able to spread them out. And, you know, this is this is what worries me about the Packers for next week, for example, right? Like Aaron worries, Rogers, worries you about the Packers for the Packers' sake or for the Rams' sake? For the Packers' sake is the fact that, like, Jalen Ramsey's that good that he could just wipe out Devontae Adams. Maybe yeah. not completely. Devontae Adams is also that good that it won't yes. matter. And I'm super excited to see yeah. that matchup. But, like... Is Devontae Adams like leagues better than DeAndre Hopkins? No, I think he's in the exact same conversation. Exactly, wide receiver in the league. And we've seen Jalen Ramsey essentially shut down DeAndre Hopkins. Like we're also talking, and who's throwing him the ball though? We're talking about Aaron Rodgers, the guy who's about to win MVP this year. Uh huh. Very different, right? But uh, not to get too ahead of ourselves with this Packers talk, but it's kind of the same conversation with the Seahawks, right? Like one of the criticism with the Seahawks is that they have. Those two, if they can't get the run game going and they have that shut down corner, what do you do other than that, right? And the thing that just confuses me so much about Seattle here, and I I really wish I'd put these numbers in the rundown. I'm not gonna be able to find them now unless you guys want to sit here and listen to me like type away for 20 minutes. No, we do that often. I don't. We do that all the time. But basically, up until that Week 10 game, or I think Week 9 or Week, it was Week 10 against the Rams. Seahawks are like a top five offense in the league. Russ was throwing the ball 30 times a game. They were lighting people up. And then they just completely abandoned that after one game. It's like, it's inexcusable for a guy like Pete Carroll to just get away from what was clearly working. And the thing is, it's not like Russell Wilson is some like gimmicky quarterback who was beating guys because they didn't know what he could do. It's Russell Wilson. He's a damn good quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. And Pete Carroll just, you know, had him driving a Lambo weeks one through nine and then put him in a goddamn Honda Civic. It's ridiculous. It really is an indictment on Pete Carroll. Honda I mean, Civics, Honda Civics have very good gas mileage, though. So, like, they're not Lambos. Yeah, sure not Lambos. You want to be driving a Lambo or a Honda Civic? I don't know, man. In the long run, <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, Point being, I really just a, a disappointing game plan from Pete Carroll. Yeah, that's the big. Um, that's my big takeaway. I mean, again, huge credit to Sean McVay. Huge credit to the Rams' defense and the best defense in the league. But you've also got Russell Wilson at the helm, and you—he's limited. He's got him in handcuffs. Yeah, um, Wilson's numbers: uh, eleven of twenty-seven, one hundred seventy-four yards, 
two touchdowns, one interception. That interception was a pick six by Darius Williams, which that that wasn't that wasn't even on Russell Wilson. Like that. No, they just honestly, knew exactly. even, that's on Pete Carroll. The, the Rams yeah. knew exactly. What, you don't you can't pick off a screen pass unless you literally know it's. Oh, coming. I've seen. I have seen many screen passes get picked off. I know. I think you know exactly who I'm talking. I about. know what you're talking about. Point um, being, I, you're not picking off yeah. a screen pass like that. That unless you know it's coming, and obviously yeah. the Rams knew exactly what was coming there. That's, that's on Pete way, Carroll. That's the only way you can get to the spot before the blocker even has time to like get off his spot. Exactly. Um, Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. Last I checked, it looks like they're on track to play. Cup's I'd fine. Playing. I'd be worried about Aaron Donald. He he said he he said he's he's trending towards playing like i mean he's there's no sh- unless his ribs are like literally in his lungs he's gonna play yeah um but it's aaron a matter donald, of how, what, what percentage is he how healthy is he yeah. we, we aaron won't donald only played he only played 28 snaps he had 15 pass rushes two sacks and six pressures like pretty solid, pretty solid uh, and obviously the, the big thing for the rams is uh i don't know if wolford's gonna be able to play because he had to go to the hospital i don't know what his yeah. situation i know it's precautionary but still yeah uh jared goff obviously has pins in his thumb like he didn't look good in that game um and like honestly like if he plays like that like it was obvious in the beginning of this game like they had there's a reason they came out with john wolford right because they thought he gave them a better chance to win than jared goff they had been practicing with wolford all week taking the you know the first team reps so Mm -hmm. what does goff look like this week because you know i think Goff's only going to get healthier obviously he's only going to get healthier but he does also still have pins in his thumb right we shall see we shall it, it really it, it's a question mark it, it's not something you know we can debate it till we're blue in the face we're gonna have to see what happens let's come do later this week <laughs> yeah um you got about 20 minutes left uh nfl talk uh we got bucks and football team um this one you that said some bold things for yeah um i mean i stand it, uh, by them ended and ended up Although they backfired, I said if the Washington pass rush got home and had themselves a day, they'd win. And they had it was good, but it, it wasn't enough to it wasn't enough to beat Brady. But that said, and who are we going to talk about Tom Brady, the Bucks pass rush, or the football team pass rush, or are we going to talk about the real star of this game, Taylor Goddamn Heineke? Taylor Heineken. I mean, like regardless, I texted this to a few friends like midway through the game. No matter what happened, Taylor Heineke is the story of that game. Absolutely. He was an XFL backup. He was an XFL. He wasn't even a starter in the XFL. He was a backup. He is the the other quarterback you saw in that video um, that was just absolutely shotgunning uh, the Corona Seltzers. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which is like, I saw that video and I'm like, bro, literally just throw the bag at him. I, my favorite part about this is when you had a random like backup come in and they just have like a really good LinkedIn. Like that's, yeah. always, that's always the fight. Hey, he was literally taking, like, he's trying to finish up his degree two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Pretty nuts. Um, but uh, what it came down to was Washington needed to get a pass rush. They didn't get much of a pass rush when they could get pressure on Brady. He responded well. He had the most yeah. yards against pressure this weekend. And again, like you, you put what pressure they didn't put the necessary pressure on him. No, it's like, I read the same article about, you know, what, like eight of 14 against pressure. You watched the same game. They Tampa's O-line played phenomenally anchored by none other than Ali Marpet, obviously the goat, the goat, um, D three football, but they didn't get enough pressure on Brady. It really was that simple. 
Um, and we're also and seeing was, what happens when, you know, when you do pressure Brady and play man coverage, it's a lot harder to cover Mike Evans than it is to cover, yeah. I don't know, any random receiver Tom Brady played with in New England the last two years. Yeah. And not only, again, not only is it Mike, like Mike Evans is covered. Okay. Let me go to Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin, hopefully not going to drop, you know, five passes next <laughs> yeah. game. Uh, let me go to Antonio Brown, right? A couple of years removed from being the best receiver in football. Uh, he's not. He's, and that, that's one way to frame it. A couple of years removed from being the best receiver in football. And I think there's more to the story than he's just gotten worse. But oh, yes, I know. <laughs> um, like they're not open. Let me look for Gronk or Brady, right? Yeah. Like they, they have. They're un- great ungodly, had a game. Yeah, they have an ungodly amount of weapons. Uh, on I, I think the the one play that kind of sums up the the challenge with this Tampa defending this Tampa offense to me is that I think was, I don't know if it was a second or a third down, but late in the game where the Bucks needed a first, Washington sent pressure, man coverage across the board. Mike Evans was covered as much as Mike Evans can ever be covered, yeah. and Brady just on the dropped right it on the left side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That throws a lot easier to make to a six foot five, two hundred thirty pound Mike Evans. Yeah. Like that's the type of throw where Brady's obviously built up the trust with him, and he's like. I'm going to throw this in your general vicinity and you're probably going to catch it. Yeah. And like, this was, this was a huge test too, for the bucks. Right. Cause we had, when we were looking at our, the, the schedules for these teams and the numbers and everything, right. Like the bucks hadn't given up, they had given up 20 points or less. Like I think to everyone, but two opponents, we had said something like that. Um, and the Bucks hadn't scored less than 30 in like three weeks and hadn't scored at least 20 points in like every game, but the Saints game and the Bears game where they scored yeah. 19. And which one was going to win? And obviously the Bucks won. Uh, it was 31-23. They got to their 30. Um, they sliced up Washington. Their most, uh, most yards they had allowed since week 10 against the Giants. Which is just remarkable. I was reading that and I was like, what? Um, <laughs> obviously their most yards was like 500 plus, um, Brady was clinical. Like they, they just read it well. And the thing was like, again, we, we looked at who the bucks had played and we were like, okay, like, is well, this- I was, I was going to yeah take the words out of my mouth of- here. I'm still, well, and if you're Tampa, you've got to be a little bit concerned more than a little bit concerned, honestly, what that you hung 30 on, on the. More, not that you hung 30, more that you let Taylor Heineken put up 23. And Taylor Heineken had a chance to go win the game. Yeah. Tampa should have smoked Washington here. I'm a, like, but I'm also thinking, like, but Godwin's not going to drop five passes a game, right? No, but I mean, Tampa's defense was good. And then Taylor, I like, there is the factor of like, you don't even know what to get. Like, you don't even yeah. know, like, what to defend if you're going against Taylor Heineken. You've never seen him. Well, you that's the thing. Literally don't have any film yeah. on him, but it, I wonder why you don't have any film on him. It's almost like he didn't deserve to be in the NFL. Like, and, and here's it, the, it, the other thing I was going to say is Tampa still only beaten one and a half playoff teams this year. Mm-hmm. Washington's not a playoff team. They won the NFC East. They're a playoff team. You literally they, beat they them made the playoffs. Then. They because they won the NFC East. I they made the playoffs. Green Bay is the only convincing win that Tampa's got this year. I'd be a little worried if I were them. I mean, they've got, they got their chance to prove it. It's so interesting that how, like how the bucks are going from playing Heineke, who they barely have film on. Right. And that their best bet on beating him is just to confuse the shit out of him. Right. Yeah. And now you go to Drew Brees, who you're not going to confuse the shit out of, but like you have to force him to make difficult throws because it's possible he won't be able to make them. Yeah. 
I just thought that was really interesting how you go from one to the other. Well, and also you get Brady Breeze. This is going to be a classic. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and even better, like I, we were obviously super let down by like the 33-3 game. Like, and the first game doesn't even count. Well, no, because that's that's the type of game where whatever Green Bay's game plan was, like it just Green Bay. did not work. And the, hmm? You said Green Bay. New Orleans, yeah. Huh. Uh, just I switched them up in my head. No. It's the type you, you throw yeah. that game out. Both these teams, both coaches, both quarterbacks, both entire teams, that's not going to be the same story. Both these teams yeah. are just too good to let that happen again. Yeah. yeah. I we'll, we'll preview it next week uh, yeah. in a couple of days. But It'll be fun. It's going to be I, a yeah, hot take, hot take um, here. It'll be a fun game. Yeah. Uh, Ravens, Titans, 20 to 13 in favor of Baltimore. Uh, story of the game was first of all, Lamar Jackson and, uh, now, now joins the elite company of Baker Mayfield and Tom Brady with one road playoff game, uh, in the wild card. Um, the, the big well, joins the elite the company re- of NFL quarterbacks who've won a playoff game. Yeah. Like, um, I, it's such, it's such a dumb narrative. Lamar's never won a playoff game. It's like, shut up, bro. relax guys, relax. Um, the big stories were the Ravens defense coming up huge. Uh, and then Lamar winning from behind that was you know because it's not like he was trailing by two scores with four minutes to go in the fourth right like it was the first quarter but they needed to you know maintain their composure and be like all right like let's relax there's a lot of time left we don't have to throw out our game plan no it's like like, it's what we said the run wasn't working the game against tennessee last year they got down a touchdown early and panicked yeah guys were dropping passes i mean the titans defense played well or baltimore i think last year was like like 80% on like fourth and less than two. And then there's three of those in that game against Tennessee. That's the type of like weird anomaly. That's like, well, shit, like there's a big yeah. reason we lost. They stayed composed. Lamar had a, you know, a classic Lamar Jackson type game where yeah. he's just unguardable. And like, you summed it up perfectly. They stuck to their game plan. They didn't panic. And they made the play. They made the plays they needed to compared to their last year's playoff loss where they didn't make the plays they needed to. Yeah. It was the classic Lamar game, right? Like, go 17 of 24, 179 yards. An ugly interception. Ugly pick. But that, that's that almost the type where it's cool. like, that ball slipped. Like, yeah. it's not necessarily a bad yeah. read or a dumb throw. Like, the ball slipped off. I, I don't know for that sure. Was, but, like, it was a duck. Like, that, that was not a good throw yeah. by Lamar. There are a lot of different reactions you can get from interceptions, right? Like, when Big Ben completely, uh, like, the, his fourth interception where he didn't see the linebacker, you're like, ugh. Like, you're like, damn, like, that, that was yeesh. Yeah, and that, that was a yeesh one, especially for a guy like Big Ben who's seen every coverage in the yeah. book. This one was like a ooh, like ooh, what the fuck happened? Well, you can see as soon as the ball was up <laughs> in the air, you're like, who the hell is that ball going yeah. to? Uh, Lamar was mostly bottled up for like until he broke <laughs> off. No, until he broke off. <laughs> until he broke off that big run, he was getting bottled up. But that's what you say yeah. he's getting bottled up. But that's what Lamar Jackson does. Yeah. Like you, Ryan, one of the like the things about running so many yeah. read options like QB option type plays is like, okay, you take your four, you take your five, you take your three yards your four yards. And then the defense overplays at one time and you get exactly what we saw, which is Lamar taking it. What? 60 yeah. yards to the house. 70. It was like, I think it was like 48, whatever. Taking, a, taking yeah. it to the crib. Like, yes, that's yeah, what Lamar Jackson does. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a little concerned the Ravens only put up 20 points. Like I would have liked to see them score a little more. Um, but by the same token, you can be damn impressed with the Ravens holding the Tennessee Titans to 13 points. Absolutely. 
Um, their their defense showed up. Offenses yeah. in the league the second half of the season, and, and Calais Campbell didn't play the last time playing. Yeah, um, we'll get we'll get to the Titans now, right? Because that was the other storyline. Like we knew the Ravens would get the, would would get theirs against a bad Tennessee defense, which yeah, for the most part didn't play terribly. Like they had a good game plan. Like the, yeah. they weren't doing things that you were like, "What are you doing right now?" No. Um, and they 20, 2013 is not a not a bad loss. Like yeah. I mean, it is bad when you have that kind of firepower on offense that you only score 13 points. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about the Titans offense, right? Because it, it wasn't working well. Like Tannehill did not do anything spectacular, um, which he usually doesn't. But like he had been playing so well the last couple of weeks. He had been making so many plays with his legs. Um, obviously, the big story is Derrick Henry, right? Like yeah. and nothing hey, going. The whole- props to you and I, man. We both said it's – Easier to stop Derrick Henry than it is to stop Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And, and look what the Ravens did. Too. They bottled up Derrick Henry, his worst game of the season. I mean, it is easier, too, for Lamar Jackson, right? Because, like, you know, you have eight men in the box. They're all staying in the box. You're like, all right, shit, I'll throw the ball. Like, yeah. Derrick Henry, what is he going to be like? Ah, shit, what am I going to pitch it back to my quarterback? Like, no. Well, <laughs> it's not, oh, what am I going to do? Pitch it back. It's like, oh, wait, I'm Derrick Henry. I'm going to run you that's over. That's what I'm saying. That's what he did all year Derrick long, Henry, though. That's the remarkable that's... thing. It's not like Derrick Henry uh-huh. is seeing fucking four-man boxes all season long. I don't know what the next-gen stats are. I've got to imagine he probably saw the most seven- or eight-man fronts yeah. in the league this season. Well, that's what I'm saying, man. Derrick Henry needs to learn how to throw the football. <laughs> He's unstoppable. <laughs> I, I, and it was the Johnu Smith. I went, I went to text you that. They said during the broadcast it was the Johnu. Um, that's the this raised a really interesting like point about you know like giving your running backs this many touches right and like having them be the focal part of your offense. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. There's a no scenario. There's no scenario in this game that you weren't going to give it to Derrick Henry that many times, right? But yeah, even from the get go, even from the get go, like it wasn't working, but. Derrick Henry has been so good against like an eight man box, seven man box, nine Six, man box. Five. Like yeah, been, we're yeah, talking about any, Derrick Henry. Any number of people, 11 man box, like a lot like of guys been, in the box. A lot of guys in the box. Um, uh, he's been so good at, against those that you're just like, all right, we just got to keep giving it to him. He's going to get his own eventually. And like, it's not like they were out of this game because they only lost by a touchdown and it was on a, you know, a, a late interception. But like, I, when you got to force the ball in there, I mean, yeah, and that's the problem. And I mean, look, this is a completely different conversation. If like the, on the interception that Tannehill threw, like AJ Brown was one on one and had a step on his man, right? Like you go that way instead, they tie it up. Like it's a completely different story. Uh, okay, but you, you can play the what if game yeah. a million different ways. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's what if Lamar Jackson threw four from... picks other than Titans? What Titans won the game? Like you can't you can't play that game. What I'm saying is it, it, it like it it went from like it, it could have be- very easily been. The Titans, you know, won in spite of Derrick Henry doing nothing, or it was, you know, like they relied on Derrick Henry the entire game and they got nothing going. You say that though, but what has happened with the Titans the last two Decembers into January? The last Titans got some Derrick goddamn AFC championship good. game last year. Yeah. Teams know what's coming and the Riding thing is Derrick Henry, 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 yeah. Derrick Henry wears defenses down in the second half. His second half numbers are better than his first half numbers. Like, yeah, you can say they lean too heavily on Derrick Henry, by the same token, I was bashing Pete Carroll for getting away what worked for the Seahawks offense the first half of the season and then totally switching things up. Yeah. Derrick Henry is the engine of this Titans offense. That was one of the highest scoring offenses in the league this year. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it on an indictment of 
on the Titans. I'm seeing an indictment of, you know, having your having a, an offense be so focused around one thing. And but like, it was AJ, working. Yeah, I know. It if it working. ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, but it was broke. That's the thing. Like it. Was but the thing broke. is, it looks it it, working with Derrick Henry the way he runs the ball so physically, so violently. It looks like it's broke until you're in the third quarter and you're looking at these guys. You're looking at defenses that just don't want any piece of Derrick Henry. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's taking the ball 70 yards. But at what point At what point in the second half, if it's still not working, do you say, okay, we got to switch things up? But it's not like they're getting shit on. It's a one-score game. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, and when it's so goal. close like that, you can't just abandon the run. No. I, and I, oh, that's a big Madden thing, too. You can't just abandon the run. Um, and it's true. It's true. Not, um, but like, no, in Madden, no, in Madden, they're always like, you can't abandon the run if you're down. Yeah. Just like, I've, I've been, I've been losing by two scores many times in Madden. That's why. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, you can't just abandon going to Derrick Henry, but like, you, you, you got to come up with something else too. And that's, that's the tough part about this Ravens defense. That's so good, right? Like they're so physical up front. Their linebackers played fantastic. And then you have Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphreys. I don't, I still don't think that was a push off by the way. Um, what do you mean it wasn't a push off? Bro, he didn't extend. Bro, you're blind. Extend. You are blind. What do you mean he didn't extend? He didn't extend. He didn't extend. What do you mean he, he stiff armed him? He, he had his you're arm out. Bugging. He, he fully pushed off of him. It was close. It wasn't like super egregious, but you watched like they're going both ways. And then AJ Brown just like fully extends the arm on him. Fully extends his arm. Yes. I think you're blind, bro. He didn't fully. Dog, what are you looking at? He didn't fully extend his arm. Yes, he dude. did. He didn't even extend his arm. What? He didn't extend his arm. Yes, he go did. Watch it go, watch you will it watch right it again. I, I'm telling you, watch it. Watch it right now. Boy. In the middle of doing our. Oh podcast. my god. You're well, let's get to the last point. Let's well, no, the, the, the one thing I was gonna, you, you talked about indicting Mike very and Mike bleh, indicting Mike Vrabel. Is that what you're getting to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The surrender index is a phenomenal Twitter account. So I didn't know about it till this week. It's hilarious. So basically, what they do is they look at punt every single punt in the NFL. So which makes finding a specific tweet very difficult. Because they literally tweet about every single punt and somehow they've come up with a metric to determine, basically to determine how bad an idea it was to punt in any given situation. When Tennessee punted from the Baltimore 40, this is 10 minutes left in the fourth, they're down four points. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be an NFL like Saber metrics guy to realize that you shouldn't punt in that situation. It's mm-hmm. a playoff game. You're in your opponent's territory. You're a really good offense. You've got Derrick Henry. And Rabel said he trusted his defense. Go for it. And the surrender index, I'm just going to read this out loud here. The surrender index was uh, 138.87, which says everything you need to know. Just kidding. That number means nothing. (laughs) What that number implies, it was in the 100th percentile of bad punts. It was basically the worst, worst punt in the league this season. Yeah. Inexcusable. How do you make that decision? Inexcusable. And there were a couple of these like decisions this weekend, right? That you there was a punt and you were like, there were, yeah, there really were a few different situations where a punt didn't really add up. And the thing is, like, these it's not like NFL, you know, whoever's in charge of deciding whether or not to go for it in the NFL, it's not like they're just sitting there with a cigar, like, uh, sure, let's go for it, or sure, let's punt, like, yeah. It's numbers. Like there's a matrix and there the situations in there and the, you know, it spits out a decision. Like this is not a, you know, yeah. Some of it is you got to like, you know, read, be in the moment and make the decision for yourself. But like they're running, they're simulations. It's a simulation. 
point being, there's math involved in these decisions. Yeah. And somehow Mike Vrabel was like, no, we should punt this. And like what, like what now broadcasters have to do better, right? Like, because like they had the, they had the simulcast um, that they had like Mina Kimes and kind of just like the different kind of uh, the format. I don't know if you saw yeah. it for this game. And like, I, didn't watch were, it, but I saw it on Twitter. There were a couple of times where just like, there's like, I don't know why you're going for it here. I don't know why they're not going for it here. Like they, there either needs to be like, I, I heard this on the PFF uh, podcast and this was an interesting concept, like having kind of like a rules experts or having just an, be like an analytic expert in the truck, just whispering in the, in the color guy's ear and just being like, this is why they're going for it. This is what the numbers are. And not just being yeah. like, oh, they have a 2% chance less of winning if they don't go for it here. Right. Yeah. Like explaining what the, what it is. Yeah. Um, let's Dude, get to just, the last game, which I, <laughs> let's get the last game. I know we want to talk about. Oh my God. I'll preface it. I'll preface it. It's obviously Brown Steelers. Yes. Um, I will preface it by saying, uh, I bet the Steelers minus five. And before the game started, I said, I would be okay. If, if the over hits, which I over, I also bet like, I, I was would, too short I, to bet the under man. I did bet the under a couple times and I hit him. So, um, I, I, uh, I'm very okay with the Steelers just getting fucking blown out. Like America wow. won America won on Sunday. I just, I still can't even like begin to process this game. And so the funny thing is, you know, I'm watching, I'm watching the game the way I generally watch the game. FCC, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sorry. I, I don't pay for cable. Also don't read the comments. <laughs> First. So like I've, when I'm watching so like we've got obviously a big group chat of all of our friends. We're all football fans. I see the text start flooding in. I haven't even like, it's like the Steelers are just, or Cleveland's just kicking off. And I'm like, oh boy, like what is about to happen here? Oh, because you, oh, okay. Because I'm behind. I'm behind the live yeah. broadcast. What are you using? Crack streams? What did you got? No, NFL Bite. What? Crack streams? Who do you well, think I, I am? NFL Bite's never behind on me. That's why. Like, what do you mean? It's always behind. Mine's always good. The stream's always going to be a little bit behind the live broadcast. No, mine's usually pretty nice. Mm-hmm. I have, Point uh, being. I was using YouTube TV. Sorry, I was using YouTube TV this time. Oh, okay. Yeah, different. Yeah, I'm bougie. You know, whatever. No, fly guy. What a guy. There's a free trial you can do. <laughs> what the hell? How did Pittsburgh get smoked like this? 28 nothing in the first quarter? What do you even, What do you even say? Like, I don't I, know, there's a reason that everyone's speechless, right? I'm still speechless. Like, I see some yeah. people talking about, like, oh, this is why you don't rest your starters. That has nothing to do with this. No. That has nothing to do with this. If, if you shouldn't rest your starters, you'd see every number one seed in NFL history getting bodied in their first playoff game. P- Pouncey's been snapping the ball to Big Ben for, what, 10 years? A decade. At least at this point. You like, yeah, like, like, they have there's chemistry there like it's not like it's like they it was their it's not like it's cleveland who's bring who's literally is bringing in an offensive lineman that baker mayfield introduced himself to in the game like in the pregame locker room yeah did you see that what the browns like whatever the browns brought in some josh i know you're in the comments what lineman was it oh yeah yeah, that it was like he was like i had met him a couple yeah i I met met him him a couple hours before the game like this is marquis pouncey and ben roethlisberger yeah and the first snap goes not even remotely close to Big Ben. Yeah, I, I mean, just airmailed it. It happens. It does happen from time to time. Yeah. 
but you'd hope for it to not happen on the first play of a playoff game. If it was, if it was any other team, you'd be like, okay, this game's over, right? Like we've, we've, you've never seen a game start like that and like not end in a blowout or not end in a, this wasn't score wise, a blowout, but it was play wise, a blowout. Yeah. It was the type of game. It was like, it was obviously 28, nothing in the first quarter. The game's good is over. And then Pittsburgh, before we get, before we get to the 28, nothing, let's talk about how we got there. Right. Like we got to talk about how we got to 28, nothing. Cause it's seven, nothing. And like, as shitty as that play is, Pittsburgh's just like, all right, flush it. Another we can about it. Yeah. Flush it. Completely forget about it. Let's just go out there. You're going to have to score more than seven points to win a football game. Like, yeah. And then, and then their next, uh, their six drives that they had before the half, right? So you had that fumble, interception, punt, interception, punt, interception. Then you score the touchdown and a field goal. And at that point, it's already 28 nothing, right? Like 78 yards before your first scoring drive, six drives, 78 yards. Like this is, this was the Steelers that we had seen a couple weeks before. Like there's no other way to put it. They got complete. Was it though? I mean, like, Against the, Bengals, the, against the Bengals? Against the Bengals? Okay, yeah, against the Bengals. Like, that's sure. what we had seen. That's the Steelers. But even so, you think a, a Mike Tomlin-led team is going to come into a playoff game ready to play? Yeah. But like, I, was, I was joking at the top of the show. That was, was my point, about, is that it was, I was, they were completely rattled, and it was bizarre. I think I was joking at the top of the show about, like, what the hell was Ohio State's plan to contain Devontae Smith? Like, clearly it didn't work. Mm-hmm. What the hell did Pittsburgh think, like – what did Pittsburgh think was going to happen going into this game? Were they just like entirely unprepared? I mean, I, I don't blame them for taking Cleveland a little bit lightly considering they had practiced for a combined like four hours in the last two weeks and weren't playing with their head coach. Mm-hmm. Like it's a playoff game. Well, they Come was, prepared. Show up. Probably, I mean, I don't even know if it was so much that the Steelers weren't prepared, right? Because like, like, I think, on I think offense, it was. Like on offense, think, they were doing, they were doing what they would normally do on offense, like dink and dunk passes. Like Big Ben can't stretch the field. Like they, they all of a sudden don't have a vertical threat, regardless of having, regardless of the fact that you have Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and, and Juju, Juju <laughs> yeah, like, on your team. Like you have really lead, you lead that trio with Deontay Johnson. Well, if I'm talking about deep threats, fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, no like, disrespect, Deontay Johnson, yeah, yeah. but. Um, like uh, you have very good receivers. And like, the thing is like, you knew this team doesn't have a run game, right? They're going to try to establish the run. Inevitably they're going to fail and they're just going to have to go with a short passing game. And like, you look at those drives and like, that's what they were trying to do, right? Like, this is not like, this was not a Steelers offense that was working well the last couple of weeks. They tried to go in the regular game plan and it just came down to uh, let's see, big Ben kind of just yossing a ball into the middle of the field intercepted. Then, uh, throwing a ball behind, I think it was Deontay Johnson. It went through his hands, but it was not a good, not throw. a good throw. No. Yeah. And then the third Cat- one catchable, maybe, but maybe catchable. And then like all of his interceptions were his fault. Like, well, that's, that's why I'm saying like, they, I don't, how, is that unprepared? Is that unprepared? I think it's, in, well, what I'm going to say here is I think it's entirely mental. And that's why Pittsburgh lost this game. Cleveland's defense yeah. sucks. They do yeah. not have a good defense yeah. at all. They got miles Garrett. They have Taki Taki. They got Taki Taki. Yeah. Your favorite linebacker. I'll say it. Point being, Cleveland's also, defense wait, is not- I'm sorry. Completely unrelated. Like, did you expect to see Manti Teo in a fucking playoff? No, game? I had no <laughs> idea he was even on the fucking team. Like, that might have been the, the, the top two. I'm sorry. This is completely off topic. The top two. Like, that's never happened on the show related. before. Yeah. 
but it's worth it. The top two related Nickelodeon tweets that I had seen were, how do they explain CTE to the kids? And how do they explain Manti Teo's situation to the kids? He had an imaginary friend. And I, saw, I saw the doodle bop. I saw a doodle bop. <laughs> that was the best one. Back to the Steelers-Browns game. Sorry, I had to. I think it's entirely mental why the Steelers lost this game. I don't think they were ready to play. I think they entirely over, under, not overestimated, underestimated. Underestimated, yeah. No, I agree. And just were not checked in. Like, they, I, you know, maybe they were checked in before that first snap and then completely lost it. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think that's the case. And, like, if the Steelers had been rolling, right? Like, this is this is a division rival that you have been shitting on for the last 17 years, right? Like, Big Ben. Well, you is- want to talk about bulletin board material. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Chase, that- Chase Young's comments were fucking nothing compared to what the, the Steelers no. were saying before this. But if you want to talk about why the Steelers might have underrated them, right? Like, this is Cleveland's first playoff game. They'll probably be nervous. Don't have their head coach. Don't have their best offensive Haven't line. practiced in two weeks haven't practiced like and you have you know your quarterback is the winningest quarterback in cleveland at this point like like there's there's a reason to under underestimate them however the steelers were one in four coming into this game in their last five like they had played like shit they have no running game their defense wasn't as scary as it was and like their defense no but it's still you still look at this game like analytically. Their passing game is still as good as anyone's. They've got it could as many as many weapons. They've got as many weapons yeah. offensively as anyone in the league. It doesn't mean and they're as good as anyone. Doesn't mean but. they're as good, but it's it's offensively they're good. They're not yeah. bad, obviously. And they are it's bad. Mike Tomlin. Well, now okay, yeah, they are bad apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Tomlin's seen it all. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been in Pittsburgh forever. He's been working with Big Ben for Super Bowls. He's won two Super Bowls. Two. You're exactly right. I'm exactly right. I always forget about that first Super Bowl. Yeah. It was his first year, wasn't it? It was 06, yeah. I think Pittsburgh was just not at all mentally prepared no. to play this game. And, and then the fumb- the first snap fumble obviously didn't help things. They did not flush it, right? Like No. They let it sit in there and overflow and ruin the whole goddamn house. Um, Big Ben ends with like 500 something yards, four touchdowns, but it doesn't matter. Well, because Cleveland was playing prevent from the middle of the second quarter, yeah. and, and there it were, got there it got a little scary. And you want to talk about cowardly punts, bro? Like, oh my, that's the other tweet I was trying to find on Surrender Index, and I couldn't find it. Like the Steelers' defense had been playing well, um, like in that in that half against Cleveland, like they had been stopping them, and there were, I mean. In our group chat, right? We're in a group chat with with one Josh Hayden, big big Browns fan. He's I think he's still in the IG yes. list. Um, you know, he was like, "We got to keep our foots on their necks, like we are the Browns." And he's absolutely got to right. keep our foots on their necks. Nice. Got to keep our foot <laughs> on their neck. Um, oh, that's almost like the talking about unrelated. It was one time you were calling like a field hockey game. <laughs> I don't know why this stuck with me so bad, but you said something about field hockey. Not not to discredit your immense knowledge of field hockey, but I think you said that some girl tried to sniff it out with her feet. And I just I have that written down in my notes somewhere. Funniest thing I've yeah, ever heard you say. You always say that, but like she sniffed out like the the snuffed cat. out. I've heard people say sniffed out like. They sniffed it out. They discovered what they were going to do. Like You don't do that with your feet. She did do it with her feet. She snuffed it out with her feet. Yeah, she sniffed it out with her feet. um, One of my roommates here, too, is a Browns fan, and he's like, this is not over. Like We were like, bro, it's 28-0 in the first quarter. He's like, it's not over. And like I was more trying to fuck with him. But like 
there were a lot of points in this game where you were like, yo, they're going to lose this, right? Yeah. Like the Browns are going to lose this game. And then it just didn't happen because it, got, the it got scary, but yeah, the Steelers suck. Yes. <laughs> um, Is this it for Big Ben? I mean, like him, him and him and Marquise Pouncey both said like they're they're gonna play until the other one plays. Yeah, and like, like that's the thing. Like you look at look at the old quarterbacks. Uh, Aaron Rodgers obviously not gonna retire. No. Nah. Um, <laughs> Brady obviously not gonna retire. Uh, Philip Rivers, maybe maybe gonna retire. Like Big Ben, Please. like. I heard, I've been hearing that the noise on Breeze is he's probably retiring. Yeah. And like, and if you watch his interviews and everything, like Breeze is going to retire, like Breeze is going to retire. Right. And like Philip Rivers, like is not as good as he was before, but he hasn't completely fallen off a cliff. No, right? he's on a team that can mask his weaknesses. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers is going to win MVP. Brady threw for 40 touchdowns, right? Like, even if he's not just like vintage Brady, like he's still a good, he's still a top yeah. 10 quarterback. He's in the fucking playoffs. <laughs> Big Ben completely fucking fell off. Like Big Ben fell off worse than Drew Brees did because at least Drew Brees has like 35 broken ribs, right? Like, yeah. Well, Big like, Ben fucked up his elbow bad last year. I, we yeah. talked about this a number of times early in the season. It was like, even preseason, when you're doing shows in the summer, it's like, what is Big Ben going to look like with a bad elbow? When you're 38, however the hell Big Ben is, and you just ruined your elbow the season before, that's tough. And we saw what happened. I'll say, Big Ben, good riddance, you fucking scum. Yeah. Uh, real um, quick, the divisional games, yeah. I'm just going to rapid fire. Uh, LA at Green Bay. Right now, who do you like? Not betting-wise, just straight Just up. right now, yeah, money line. Uh, I'd take Green Bay just because I don't know what the Rams will be able to trot out on offense. But it, this is this is like a this is you'd be scared if you're if you're Green Bay here. Yeah. Uh, Ravens at the Bills. Um, I mean, I want to take the Bills mostly because I want to see you know Kansas City Buffalo, but like honestly, for the sake of picking something, I'll, I'll, like I'm, this is not our picks. We'll, we'll lock in our picks later this I'm, week. I'm saying right now, just off the top, off the dome. Off the dome, I'll take the Ravens. Browns at the Chiefs. Oh, but you have to give your answers. Okay, I like the Rams and I like Buffalo. Oh, you like the Rams, huh? That defense is yeah. legit. Uh, as much as I love Cleveland, Cleveland, Kansas City, I think this is the end of the line. I'm riding the Browns. They're going all I, the Browns are the same. I think if someone's going to be the Cinderella, it's Cleveland. I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, uh, and then Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Taking the Bucks here, man. I can't bring myself to do it. I gotta, I gotta take the Saints. Yeah, no, fair. No, I, <laughs> I I get it. Like just off the top of my head, gotta look at the numbers again. We're gonna have an episode either on uh sometime from sometime. Wednesday to Friday. <laughs> uh but it, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a fucking close game, man. Yeah, I can't believe you're right with the Browns as players. Um, I got him. It's fun. Yeah, no, like, I, I get it, I get it, I get it. <laughs> um but, like because none of these other teams in the playoffs really are like a Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Like true, I mean, like Buffalo, I guess, but Buffalo's fucking Buffalo. Good. Eh, Buffalo is. They're the two seed though. They're good. Josh Allen's a dog. Like he, yeah. yes, they're a Cinderella. Like historically, historically yeah. But this hey, season, yeah. we, we should we should date, man. It's crazy. Finish each other's thoughts. Michelle, you in this? No, it's just not. <laughs> Look, <laughs> LA is not good, not great this year, but they've been to a Super Bowl. Yeah, the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. They've won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, the, the only options here are Cleveland and Buffalo. Yeah, uh, Cleveland's my Cinderella this year. Fair enough. 
All right, let's, let's get through some basketball. Uh, we're we're gonna have for uh, the record basketball. here. We've got the on the rundown and say done by four. It is three fifty five. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll push it we'll to like like four ten, four ten, four fifteen. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have more in depth basketball talk on our next episode, and obviously, as it becomes more of the focal point, we'll get more into it. But yeah. you cannot dedicate forty five minutes to NFL. Um, Unless you're Nolan Stimson, who was watching a uh, blowout Wizards Suns game instead of playoff football, he's not on Instagram anymore. I'm sure I'll hear this huge, huge tip of the hat there. That's that's diehard fandom. Yeah, the uh, three and eight Washington Wizards. Um, number one story, obviously, is is COVID right now in the NBA. And like, look, we're, neither of us are medical es- experts, and right now the, the GMs are meeting now to discuss, yeah. or they just met to discuss, um, you know, tightening, you know, restrictions and everything. Just like figuring that. it the fuck out, basically. It really just comes down to like, guys, what, what are we doing here? Like, do you think this is what I've been kind of trying to like think about for this whole situation? is the NBA in a worse position currently than major league baseball was with the whole Marlins deal? Yes. I would agree tentatively. I think because that's it's a little bit more spread out, it's tough to compare them, but yeah. that's what we do. It's not good either way. It is about as disastrous of a sequence of events. I mean, the Celtics have now had three straight games canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not playing. Wizards, Mavs, and Sixers are all not playing. The Knicks are supposed to play the, the Celtics on Monday. I don't think there's any shot that can happen at this point. No. Because it comes down to you have to have eight players Yeah, to play. The um, Sixers just got in a ton of trouble or are going to get in a ton of trouble with the league for basically lying about Ben Simmons having a knee injury. Yeah, like it's not good it's not Uh, it's really not good um yeah so mavs sixers wizards and celtics have been like the big teams that have been hit the hardest not obviously every other team that's had their games like uh obviously postponed around it um just some things that they've changed up uh sham said this is like a two-week thing that they're putting in um you have to stay in the hotel you can't interact with anyone else in the hotel which i don't know why you were allowed to Anyway, um, you have to stay in your home at all times. You have to wear your mask at all times unless you're – they have a cool-down chairs now, uh, 12 feet from the bench and six feet apart. Like, I, I like that. That's a good no, idea. No, I mean, yeah. Because you have to have your mask on at all times. Um, you're only allowed to elbow or fist bump when socializing pre- and post-game, things like that. Like, that's and, fucking dumb. Like, you're, if you're going to, like, yeah. socialize, oh, thank God you didn't high-five them. You fist-bumped them. The perfect tweet from one Nakaias Duncan, obviously. Your dog. <laughs> um, he said, "It's this is like turning off the bathroom light, uh, like turning off the bathroom light to, to save money when your house is on fire, right? Yeah. Like, good because save a couple bucks on your electric bill. Because the the, the reason that if, if you play in a game, you might not get contact traced, but." if you're in a locker room or you're on the bench, you do is because you need to be within six feet for 15 or more minutes. And like, if you're on the court, they've determined they can't do that, which has spurred some hilarious just memes about like six seconds or less offense, just being the best fighter against COVID. Like so the Steve yeah, Nash era sons would be COVID proof. Let me tell you. Pace and space is the only solution to, uh, to COVID. It's, it's just like, it's hard because they have that kind of that cushion 
in the latter half of the season that they weren't really releasing the schedules just so they can postpone games and they weren't postponing games. And the problem was becoming that like, you know, you have the, the Sixers who are playing with eight players. They have exactly eight. They have to play the game. Yeah. Doc Rivers is like, there's nothing we can do about this. And all their players are playing like 35 minutes a game. And like, you know, if you're not playing for Tom Thibodeau, like you don't <laughs> want to do that. And the thing that I keep wrestling with is if you're all right, team A has got multiple COVID positives, they can't play. Team B has no COVID positives. Does team A have to forfeit and take a loss there? It doesn't seem fair to me that team B with no COVID positives gets hurt by this, by a, a cancellation. Well, no, but th- th- that's the thing. The reason they, they uh, lowered the amount of games they play and set the dates that they did is because they had a cushion installed. To they're not even using it. Game. Well, no, now they are. Now, well, now they are. just fucking now. Well, that, that was the question. Everyone was like, bro, like we literally like said we were going to postpone games. Why are we not postponing games? Like, it's just hard. Cause then it's like, you have to have eight players, right? If you have exactly eight players, then you're like, eh. so it's like, okay, if you have nine players, but then if you have nine players, you're like, eh. you know, like exactly. the other, like, what do you, like, sometimes you just got to bite the bullet. I get it. Like the Sixers couldn't play with Embiid and, and Simmons and Green and Seth Curry. Like they were fucked. But like, well, it's, it's unfair because then yeah. you're getting stuck playing, like you said, your 13th, 14th, and 15 guys on the roster 30 minutes a night like they're starters. Yeah. And Adam and Silver said, we got to get through it and make it through our darkest days. Like, And then the big question becomes, you know, like I saw uh, Dave DeFore put this. He's fantastic too. Big fan of his. Um, no, like, are you mad if NBA players like skip the line? to get a COVID test get a COVID vaccine yeah <laughs> and like at first I would have been mad but what, what I keep coming back to is distribution has been such a shit show right like they yeah. can't figure out how to distribute it um and like and that's just the way shit goes man like rich people are just gonna end up getting it first and like it sucks yeah. and, like, I would be really mad I would be very mad if like there are at-risk people and elderly people that aren't getting it because what do you mean if well that that's a scenario that is the reality i'm I'm saying like if 50 year olds aren't getting it because nba players are getting it like i think i'll be i but it wouldn't be 50 and yeah we are currently at a situation where it's like our nba player is going to get the vaccine before the most at-risk groups yeah, and and like and now they're making mass vaccination like sites. It's like starting to ramp up. City Field because Yankee Stadium could never. No. Um, it's the Steinbrenners. Are you kidding me? Also, I saw this hilarious tweet. Um, it was like uh, it was Terry Collins saying, "You got to give us a shot," and it's just <laughs> me trying to get into a uh, City Field. That's good. Um, it was fucking hilarious. Uh, speaking of people that may or may not give a shit about COVID protocols, one Kyrie Irving. <laughs> um, Look, this is a really tricky situation Dude. because it's not. It is. It's not tricky. It's not tricky. As fair. Let, let me let me let me give both sides of it. Let me give both sides. Um, on one side, it's like, bro, you're selfish as fuck. Um, everyone is sacrificing right now. You, it's not. You haven't infected your teammates, but like, you haven't played for a week, and you're probably going to be out another week, if um, not more. Yeah, because first, because they didn't know where you were. Uh, and, and now because there's a video of you, like at your, like, I think you're like sister, sister and father they're yeah, both they're birthday birthday this week. Like, dude, like, that is like, realistically, 
Kyrie Irving's got enough goddamn money to get like the rapid tests and make sure everyone there is COVID negative. I would I'm not. I assume he has enough money. I would assume he would do. But that. it doesn't matter. Even, even if even if I'm not saying it matters. I'm just saying for context here. Yeah, but like the tough part is like, dude, it's your sister's birthday, your dad's birthday. Like, like it like it's it's hard to tell someone they can't do it. However, however, <laughs> watch us. No one knew where you were for a week right no one knew where you were for a week essentially no one had heard from you and now this comes out this just looks incredibly fucking selfish right and it, like it's not just looks incredibly selfish it is incredibly yeah, selfish like whether like, or not you think whether or not you agree with what Kyrie Irving is doing he's a headache for his team like he is this isn't act- as bad as like James Harden going to the strip club but like it's still the same fucking but thing. James Harden didn't disappear from his team for a week beforehand and James Harden was very. James Harden was also like posting on the. He was very mindful and did it before the season. Great guy. Dwayne Haskins, baby. Man. Kyrie Irving is an asshole. Like there is really no. There's you can't you can't overlook it at this point. You call him a headache, not an asshole. I would call him an asshole. What if all right? Let's say we do the show every day, right? Let's say we do four shows a week. Sure. How would you feel? if i just stopped responding to your text for a week no word i was like uh, i'm not doing the show for personal reasons and that's not nearly as you're not paying me millions of dollars to show up our show gets anchor anchors paying us millions of dollars. anchors paying us like three dollars we have combined. made i think two dollars and 89 cents round up to three to we can we could get yeah. an arizona each and then split a third like you got kyrie's got a, like, i don't what is he doing what is he doing? Yeah, I, it's so frustrating. There, there's no justifying like man, it at this point. This man will just break like health, like protocols and then just go drop like 44 the night, the next night. Right. Like it's a waste of talent at this point. It like, is. It's, because like, there's so many like headache things that you're like, all right, whatever. Talent erases a lot of those. And like now COVID, like this is a completely different thing. Cause it's like, Again, like it's so hard. Like it's hard to tell someone they can't go celebrate a birthday with their parents. Like we don't know what's going on. Maybe his dad is fucking sick, and this could be his last fucking birthday, right? Like you'd feel like an so asshole. Then don't throw him a goddamn birthday party. Or <laughs> if your dad's or, sick, don't throw him a birthday party right now. If it really matters that much, opt out. Like that's, that's literally what I was gonna get to. If you're that, like, if it, if you, this is such an issue for Kyrie. Mm-hmm. And for any player, for, for yeah, but why, player, we're right? talking like, specifically about Kyrie here. Mm-hmm. Every, and you're the, the point about everyone sacrificing is exactly it. You're not special, Kyrie. Everyone is sacrificing to make the season happen. Is, yeah. It's the hardest yeah. season you're ever going to play in the NBA, realistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not different. You're not special. Like, and I, you know, if you've got legitimate mental health concerns, go for it. Take your days off. Do what you need. But like, you still got to tell your team what's going on. Well, if that's what like if you're Joe Schmo working yeah. in an office and you've got. You know, you're having you you're having panic attacks, anxiety attacks. Take your days off, but like you still have an obligation to be like, hey, here's what's happening. Yeah, like you're not. He's not any different than anyone else. And like the, 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 that week off was just like, you know, maybe the agreement with Steve Nash was you don't have to tell me where you are. You just have to tell me you're okay, right? And like maybe maybe he had completed that or whatever. But now it comes out that they hadn't heard from him and he violated the protocols, like. I do a suspension. Well, I mean, James Harden is going to get, he's going to have to, he's getting suspended by the league or not suspended, but he's going to have to go into protocols. I mean, like a team issued suspension. I think it's perfectly warranted at this point. It's probably warranted. Um, Like, 
James Harden, let's see, he got a $50,000 fine, I think, and had to test negative for like six or seven days. And obviously that doesn't mean anything. I love um, when guys get, when like NBA superstars get fined, like yeah, some meaningless amount of money. Bro, literally, let me get like 20,000 of those. Like, that's it. Let me get yeah. like a thousand of those, honestly. Like, yeah. like it, it's, it's, it's disappointing. It's ridiculous. But like, is it surprising? It's not surprising. I, I think, think that, that's the thing that I've kind to- of, or what I was just going to say real quick is like, there's always been the noise about Kyrie. It's like, oh, he's, you know, he's a locker room cancer. He's a pain in the ass. Like he's not a good teammate, but it's always kind of been like speculation and rumor mill. And it's like, it's very easy for, and we haven't, we haven't ever seen Kyrie's like teammates or eh. ex teammates come out and like eh. corroborate it really. I don't know, dude. All the young guys on the Celtics were just like, yeah, we're good now. I, I, this isn't, yeah, I don't know. I but it's, it's never been this like plainly laid out to see the, the disrespect. There's never just been like proof there. Exactly. Like it, it's just plain disrespectful to his teammates at this point. You know, Alex Lebowitz is just grinning right now. He has been. I've no, I, no, Kyrie on Twitter. known Kyrie hater. Well, that's I'm coming around. Like I used to kind of think he got too much hate, but again, it's, it's never been this like plain to see for everyone. This isn't media spin. It's not hyperbole. It's, Kyrie Irving disappeared from his team for a week and then went to a birthday party through a birthday party. Yeah. It's just, it's not good. Um, uh, let's get through some uh, early surprises and disappointments um, for the NBA. Again, we're going to have a much more in-depth NBA uh, chat next time. Um, I had put a couple on here. Let me know what you think. Agree, disagree. If you got any other ones uh, for me, it's the Pacers. Yeah. Um, you, <laughs> I, you, you forgot they were a team, first of all, um, I don't know. but this is a Pacers team that got rid of Nate McMillan. Um, they installed Nate Bjorkren, uh, from the Nick nurse tree. Um, didn't know what to expect from him. Cause I mean, you have to be like super, super like in tune with the NBA, which we are, but to, like, yeah. no assistance and what they like do and all well, that. Well, even like, okay, I recognize the name, but I couldn't sit there and be like, oh, well, here's what to expect out of Nate Bjorkren. I could tell you, I could tell you big names and like ones that are like, you know, like candidates for hire on other teams. And I can tell you Spurs assistants. That's yeah. it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> um, well, the, the thing is, none of them are the best assistant in the league, Mike Woodson. But Mike Woodson fucking look, looks like a fucking Doug Trio. Um, uh, the, the, the big surprise, the big surprise is on the Pacers after, uh, the greatest player of all time, uh, TJ Warren went down. Um, it was Malcolm Brogdon who they're giving a lot more touches to. He's spiked up his, uh, per game average for points by seven. I think now averaging 23 and a half points per game, four and a th- 4.3 rebounds a game, seven and a half assists per game shooting 46% from beyond the arc on seven attempts. Like and I said, what, I forget who tweeted this out, but basically the tweet was just Malcolm Brogdon this season is averaging a career high period. Essentially. Like, He's averaging career yeah. highs of like half of his box score stats. It's He's shooting 50% from the field and like his career high is like 52, I think on like, okay, there's one. He's also, not averaging a career. It's also high. on like half, like, like half the attempts from now, He's probably like rocketed his, his shoot his attempts up and his efficiency yeah. has more than matched. There's so many season. questions. There's so many questions about um about the Pacers this season, right? Because you have the two big lineup. You know, like all right, they had been dangling Miles Turner this entire off season. Like, what's it going to look like? Sabonis is 
basically also averaging a career high, career high in points, rebounds, and assists, shooting 56% from the field, 41% from beyond the arc on like two or three attempts, and it's 67% from the line. Which obviously I don't know. Did you see the clip of uh, him driving past PJ Tucker and you can just hear PJ Tucker yell, oh shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's exactly it. Sabonis is in like Sabonis is in like Nikola Jokic category, not in he terms is. of play, but in terms of just like fun, like playmaking, ball movement. Well, also in terms of like centers who like center pass. Yeah. yeah, it's him and Jokic right now. Yeah, Jackson Frank had a fantastic article on uh, uproar, I think, about Sabonis and just the way they have completely revolutionized their offense. Like they were, they shot the second most mid range jumpers, I think, uh, in the league last season. Now they're twenty fifth. And now mm-hmm. they're shooting the most attempts from the uh, from the cup. Like yeah. they have completely transformed their offense. And well, the crazy thing is, Oladipo is still working his way back. He looks better yeah. than he did last year, obviously. But we figured that you know you're not just yeah. going to jump right back after multiple injuries the way Oladipo's mm-hmm. had. And if I and the, the good continue, I, I don't want to overreact here. Yeah. But if you got Brogdon and Sabonis playing like this, mm-hmm. and then you get Oladipo back to ninety percent of what he was before his injuries. And I mean, look, you still have TJ Warren. As, like, that's a hell of a trio. That, that's a, that's another three level score you're going to get back in TJ Warren. Um, and if you can and, have TJ Warren be your like fourth option offensively, and then you have Jeremy Lamb off the bench, who he had himself a nice season last season. He's not going to create crazy change things, but give you some spark off the bench. Miles Turner is blocking like six shots a game. Yeah. He's averaging four point one blocks a game still. It's ridiculous. Jesus Christ. Just the way they have all bought in and completely changed their offense is yeah. just I, this. This is more of an indictment of what they can be than just a, like a facetious, a facetious start. Facetious. I'd, uh, I'd say this is more an indictment on what they can be than just like a facetious, like just start. I don't think you're using that word even remotely correctly, but okay. But I'm, I'm going to pretend like I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> The Celtics without Kemba Walker being uh, successful is a little surprising for me. I didn't think they were going to be this good. And the but main I, thing has been Jalen Brown playing like one of the best wings in the league. And him and Tatum together is just a scary, scary sight. How many other teams have two wings like that who can create their own shot, drain threes, lock down defensively, move the ball, the Lakers, Keldon, Keldon Johnson, and Demar oh, uh, Derozan. I we're talking about like the Lakers, the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, even and, like, the, and frankly, Kawhi and PG can't move the ball the way Jalen Brown can. Yeah, and even like you, like like Anthony Anthony Davis is a big, like that you can't even count the Lakers there. I'd yeah, say the, the Clippers are the only other team. Yeah, like, crazy, like career highs for Jalen Brown. Uh, and the crazy Tatum. thing is they're both only seventeen. If you ask any Celtics fan, dude, I think they're thirteen actually. <laughs> Um, they've obviously gotten hit super hard with COVID, uh, but we've gotten to see some taco fall minutes, which was fun. Awesome. Um, sucks that time Lords hurt. Uh, that yeah. was... Well, he had COVID, didn't he? Yeah. He, he, was he, he was, he was on the list. He was on the list. Oh, was he? Yeah. It was either way. Just picks. that was the reason top, taco fall played <laughs> top three nickname in the league. Yeah, probably I, I top one, honestly, time Lord. Are you kidding me? I don't know. There's probably a better nickname. Is the, what big body, big body killed in Johnson. Big body. Is that his nickname or is that what Spurs yeah. Twitter calls him? Big body. Is that his nickname or yeah. is that what Spurs yeah. Twitter calls no, him? That, that's his nickname. Big body and the Mustang. It's not better than Time Lord. I'm sorry. No, whatever. Uh, no, actually, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll jump to this next team. Sexland. That's the best nickname for a duo. Okay, um, I'm talking about individual players. 
right, whatever. Um, the Cavs' offense is trash. Uh, they have to <laughs> yeah. maybe uh, you know a big part of that too because we are still like we're getting as we get deeper in the season, we're in. seeing more trends. Yeah, we're seeing more trends that are sustainable, but we are still ten games in, which means there's a huge jump still, game to game. Um, they haven't had their point guards in a couple of games now because they've been hurt or had which is COVID. remarkable considering Cleveland has approximately 17 point guards on the roster. Yeah, um, they haven't had Sexton, uh, uh, Garland, or Sexton. <laughs> Sexton. There you go. Um, they, they haven't they haven't had any of them for a couple games at this point. Um, they're rolling out lineups of uh, Drummond, McGee, Nance. I think at some point, oh. like oh god. But they do have the number one defense in the league. It's just it's, fun to watch. Like, stylistically, it's such a contrast to any other NBA team we've seen in the last, like, five, six years. A team that's kind of working, man. T- defense first, second, and third. I mean, it's working. Yeah. Best defense in the league. <laughs> um, I've liked what the Charlotte Hornets are doing as well. I just, like, LaMelo Ball has looked good the last couple of weeks. Like, we got to remember, too, he's a rookie. He didn't have any training camp. He is literally 19 years old. Like, yes, it's ridiculous. He is, he, he is literally 13 years old. Um, and he just, he has looked better the last couple of games. I always thought Hayward made no sense with them, but he looks good, especially because Devontae Graham doesn't look like an NBA player right now. Um, he's shooting, I think Devontae Graham shooting 15% from the rim. So I'm like 25% overall. <laughs> yeah. Rough. Very. Um, yeah. Very rough. Uh, and then just, just running through some, uh, some disappointments real quick. You, you included Washington in here. I don't know if I'd call them a disappointment. They're not playing. They're playing worse recall, than I frankly expected. I seem to recall you thinking Washington was going to be like the seventh. You had them as the seventh. Seed. Did I? Yeah. You had Washington as the seventh seed. You want me to pull up the receipts right now? Cause I'll do it. Show me after the show. I really okay. don't remember. You had Washington as the seventh seven. seed. Wow. Yeah. I don't know what else. They I was are three there. and eight right now. I really put Washington as the seventh seed. Once again, their offense is not a problem. Bradley Beal is a fucking stone cold killer. Yeah. <laughs> but Russell Westbrook is not having a good season. That so you mean to tell game. me that Russell Westbrook doesn't impact winning? That's crazy. That's crazy. You mean to tell me Russell Wilson's fit? Russell Westbrook's Boy. fit on this team might not make sense. Yes, that's what I mean. To Does tell his you. fit make sense on any team? Uh, probably something no. out there. Um, they lost Thomas Bryant too, which is a bummer because he was playing well. Um, I just this team is just not putting things together. They yeah. are just they are I think the second worst defense in the league. Like uh, Scott Brooks's seat is fucking scorching hot right now. Very. Um, uh, speaking of speaking have, of a bad team whose seat is not scorching. Well, I mean, we talked about the Raptors. What smooth transitions? Our, smooth transitions. Whenever our last episode was, well, whenever our last episode was, we talked about the Raptors having a slow start. And somehow it's gotten worse for them. Mm, yeah. Like four games in last time we talked about them. And now they're. No, it was, they, no they were one in five. Six games six in. Six now we're 10 games yeah. in and they're two and eight. Yeah. Not good. Admittedly missed two game winners, but like oh, it, yeah. it doesn't change the narrative on them. Like if yeah. they had hit both those game winners, it'd be like, oh, the Raptors were two made shots away from being two and eight. Yeah, and instead they're, you know, two made shots from being four and six, which again, it's just so finicky early in the season, but they just. They run out of gas down the stretch in terms of just offensive creativity when it yeah. becomes more of a half court game. That's still what they struggle in. I think they're, they're like, I think it was 15th in defense, 19th 
or 20th in offense. And then they're like, their pace was like eighth. Like, like yeah. they want to push the ball, obviously. Um, it's just, it's rough. See, outcomes play better the last couple of games. He's shooting like 40% from beyond the arc in the last like three games. But and he'll again, figure it as I, like, I, I, yeah. I came out harsh against Siakam last episode, but like he's good. Mm-hmm. But when there's no one else offensively to ease some of the burden on him, yeah. it just magnifies his weaknesses. And that's the half court game. And that's exactly what's showing up with the Raptors box score numbers. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the mailbag. Um, mailbag. Huge, huge mailbag this week. Love it. Love um, it, guys. I'll, I'll, I'll throw this question at you um, because this, I, this is a very niche, niche audience here. Uh, yeah. Uh, Will Gladney, best receiver in Ithaca football history. Um, he's having a pro day, obviously all cheering for him. Uh, how can he stick out, Ben? Uh, I, I don't know I, how to answer this. <laughs> I, I, I've done a lot of thinking about this question when Strat asked it. Um, okay. It's not going to be as athletic. He's not, it's not going to be his testing numbers. Mm-hmm. Maybe his vertical. I think it's going to be his route running and frankly, his hands. Like yeah. he's have to and it, I mean, his size too. Dudes up. Yeah. I mean, he's six, three, two fifteen, two twenty. He's probably yeah. put on some weight at this point. Yeah. I mean, he has the NFL size. It's just, you know, like he's not a speed receiver. Like there's a chance to be a possession receiver and make yeah. a, I mean, some sort of practice squad at least. Like it's not like Ithaca plays scrubs, Liberty league, yeah. solid competition for the D three level. I mean, he got D one looks. He was in contact. Yeah. Not like, you know, he's not like fucking Clemson and Bam are we're knocking on his door, but for various reasons, he wanted to stay close to home. I, I don't think he makes the league, but it's fun that he's got another pro day. Yeah, no. I think he'll be the number one receiver next year. Uh, is Baker a top 10 quarterback? No. Okay. Glad, <laughs> we, glad we can move on. Although I will say, Baker has taken care of the ball the last yeah. couple weeks. Super important. He's doing uh, everything he has to. Yeah. Uh, Shefty or Rappaport? Shafter. Yeah, me too. You? I, yeah. Yeah, same. I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a Shefty guy through and through. Um, can LA hold Green Bay under 400 yards? I think they can. This Rams defense is terrifying, frankly. If you're in, I think they will. In the NFL, I think they will. But you picked the Packers off the top of your head. But you picked the Packers. Okay, but I mean that doesn't mean that LA gets over 200 yards. Like, okay, fair. Yeah, I think it's very. <laughs> I think it's very doable. Yeah. Yeah. Me too um where this might just become a weekly like installment on elliot random questions on who has a better record all right uh for next season pats or panthers panthers go with the pats don't pick who the fuck are the pats playing a quarterback next year i don't pick against ryan uh ryan fitzpatrick that'd be interesting actually considering fitzpatrick's so good at beating the pats maybe he can he's also the only the pats the only afc east team he hasn't played on interesting uh next one bears or colts colts that's not even close yeah colts me too uh broncos or vikings i'm gonna go with the broncos i'm gonna go with the vikings drew lock figures it out next year if they don't draft a quarterback that's from my inside sources uh saints or dolphins dolphins saints I'm still confident that the structure around them can make something work. Apparently they're high on Jameis Winston and they like what they've seen from him. Who the dolphin or the saints, the saints. Yeah. The saints. So why did they play Taysom Hill? I couldn't fucking tell you. Cause maybe they were high on him as soon as Drew Brees came back. They were high on something. They hoped. 
or uh, Raiders or Washington football team? Um, the Raiders. <laughs> like, same question with the Pats. Who the hell is playing quarterback for the football team next year? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the, not Dwayne it's Haskins. Tough it's tough because their future is bright, but their biggest missing, their biggest question mark is the most important position on the field, which is yeah. quarterback. That's kind of tough. Um, is Cleveland the Cinderella this year? They are the Cinderella. They are the Cinderella. If they if they beat, they're the they're the Cinderella with an asterisk. If they go into Kansas City and beat Kansas City, they are the Cinderella. If they beat if they beat Kansas City, I'm I'm putting like a hundred dollars on them to win the Super Bowl. You might as well. Yeah. And if you're gonna put them a hundred, if you're gonna put a hundred on to win the Super Bowl after they beat Kansas City, you might as well put the money on them to beat Kansas City. That's wrong. They gotta be crazy odds. Yeah, I think it's like it's probably like plus four hundred something like that. It's gonna be a lot. Um, DJ LeMahieu, Yankees issues. All right, two things. Uh, one, Brian Cashman, get your fucking head out of your ass and sign DJ LeMahieu to whatever he wants. Uh, Imagine two, the New York team not making moves. Couldn't be me. Two, uh, Brian Hoke came on John Boy's podcast. You know who John or you know who John Boy is? You know who Brian Hoke is? Yeah, like Yankees beat writer. John Boy called him, said, you got five minutes to tell me why DJ LeMayhew is going to sign with the Yankees or something like that. And Hoke said, he's going to sign with the Yankees and hung up the phone. Guy's an inside reporter, as plugged in as you can be with the Yankees. I trust his reporting. Also, I'll lose my shit if LeMayhew goes somewhere else. And if you guys didn't know, the LeMayhew not happy with the Yankees kind of lowballing him kind of playing hard well, admittedly it's not even lowballing everything i've been reading is the yankees made him their offer and said like this is our offer we're not going to bid against you but I mean, that's rule number one in negotiating is don't bid against yourself mm-hmm. yankees made their offer and i don't know I, I his market's moving slow but so is everyone's yeah and i also re- recall you saying like give him a blank check right i mean but, yeah i stand by that but yeah. <laughs> there's a reason i'm not the general manager yeah um miscellaneous all right we have two questions in here uh one one of which is not appropriate to say on air so we will not be saying what it. i was gonna say it no Why um, not? uh when is the right time to take down the christmas tree as two jews as two members of the jewish faith uh i can tell you the answer you have a week after new year's okay yeah like no, don't count don't count like new year's like weekend like that next weekend well uh, that's exactly what i was gonna out, say if new year's is like this year where it's a friday and then you've got like the weekend don't worry about the weekend but starting from that yeah. monday you got a week you got yeah week. like you got to take it down like there, no one gives a shit about your decorations anymore i'm sorry no one cared in the first place unless they were nice and not overwhelming um and uh i'm not gonna read the second one if you want to go ahead but i don't Josh, just get it checked out, man. There's no shame. Just go to a clinic, get it taken care of. Jesus Christ. All right, that's a great <laughs> note to end on. Uh, he literally texted floor. me and goes, you better read that question. Second floor sports, Matthias Wallman, Ben Carlton. Appreciate you guys listening in on Spotify, Anchor, Google Pods, Apple Pods, or the GOAT. Breaker! Uh, give us five stars. Like. Let us know what you yeah, think. Throw us a follow on social media while you're at it. Thanks, bro. Thanks. We're on Twitter at Two Floor Sports. If you want to help us get the handle at Second Floor Sports, that'd be cool. Uh, on Instagram, we're at Second Floor Sports, thankfully. On TikTok, too. 
Oh God. <laughs> I made, I made one TikTok. I forgot to make one since. If we get super big, maybe we'll make a TikTok. Yeah. Fair enough. Maybe. We are already super, we are already super big. So with the, that $2 uh, and 89 cents in our, uh, and don't our forget anchor it, wallet. Ba- don't forget it, baby. We will talk to you guys later this week. We'll have some, uh, we'll have some divisional round previews and we'll have more NBA talk until then. So long. See you.